are Am I the Asshole? Posted by You Mediocre Sorbet 4553, Friday, September 22nd, 2022, at 8.05 p.m. ET. Title Am I the Asshole for Telling My GF to Get Rid of Her Creepy Dummy? My 22M girlfriend, 21F, loves horror. She told me about three months ago that she read Goosebumps in elementary school and it sparked a lifelong interest in horror and that when she was a kid, all she ever wanted for birthday slash Christmas was a replica of Slappy, a creepy ventriloquist dummy. I'm kind of a wimp about that stuff, and I think the dummy thing is frankly insane, but I like her enough to ignore it. Until last week, her birthday, when her mother bought her a Slappy replica. She's afraid of dummies, hence why she never got it for her as a kid. My GF was thrilled. You would have thought her mom had handed her the keys to a Tesla with the way she was acting. She was literally crying with happiness. When she saw the expensive necklace I got her, she just said, thank you. She's totally obsessed with the dummy. Her roommate thinks it's hilarious, and she carries it around her apartment like a teddy bear and even sleeps with it in her bed. I kind of snapped last night when I went over and she was holding the dummy when I answered the door. I told her it was creepy, and she was being weird about it, and she needed to get rid of it. I'll admit I raised my voice a little bit. My GF started crying, and her roommate told me to leave. Roommate and friends have been texting me saying I'm not supporting her and the dummy is harmless. GF herself hasn't reached out to me. So, am I the asshole? Post by The Errorist 404 Saturday, September 24th, 2022, 1.32 a.m. LMAO, Matt, did you seriously not think either of us would see this post? You only learned about this subreddit because V showed you some of the posts here in an attempt to get you to engage in any of her interests. Makes sense that you only care about it when it could benefit you. IDK whether this is some passive-aggressive power move to get V to text you back, or if you're just that desperate for someone to agree with you, but either way, I don't think it's working out like you hoped. Certainly works well for me, since now I don't have to worry about biting my tongue for her sake. Of course she was excited! It's something that she wanted for years, and the fact that it came from her mom also made it special, since she hates the thing. And you can act all wounded about her not being as thrilled about the necklace, but we both know that you're intentionally leaving out the fact that V fucking told you previously that she doesn't like wearing jewelry, she doesn't like how a lot of it looks, she has sensory problems with it, and no one asked you to spend a thousand dollars on a necklace that looks like the Amazon logo for a girl you've been with for greater than six months, dude. To be honest, it was just kind of weird. Kind of? A little bit? You blew up. The people from across the way came to check in on us after you left because of you yelling. Rather than talking to your girlfriend expressing your reservations like a normal person, you bottled it up and then let it out on her with no warning. I know for sure that V is done with you, but I honestly, for the sake of your future relationships, I hope that you grow the fuck up and learn to communicate without alerting anyone in the building of your issues. Also, get better taste. Goosebumps is awesome. You're the asshole. Edit, we're having fun watching Goosebumps with Slappy. 
So who all has experienced? Did did you guys see this post when it was going around like a few months, oh, like a month ago? I did not know. I did. Yes. Yes. I remember this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, the unanimous dis- uh, declaration that this guy was an asshole and that Goosebumps is fucking awesome. <laughs> it was such. It was such a nice, like, wonderful thing that happened. I was so. I was so happy. Oh man. Well, I think we. I can speak for all of us. Get fucked. Hey, Matt. Get, Get fucked, fucked Matt. Fuck you. <laughs> Eat shit, Matt. Eat shit. Slappy has powers. I'm glad I'm not dating Matt. Aren't we all, I think? Hey, everybody. Welcome to a very special Halloween episode of You Can't Scare Me. Guess what? Hey, Mario, guess what? what what's that, Bob? You're, you're always here. That's right. I'm always here. Yep. We've got a couple people who aren't always here. In fact, it's their first time being here. What? Everybody say hello, even though we can't hear you, to Chip and Ironicus. Hi, Hi. everybody. I'm one of those people. <laughs> I'm also one of them. You'll have to guess which one. This is the fun Ooh. game. The fun Halloween game for you <laughs> listeners. If I remember correctly, the person who spoke last is Josh. Is that correct? Yeah, that's me. Oh, you don't sound so excited about it being you. I'm used to being Chip. It's weird to just go by Josh on the internet sometimes now. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. When people call me Bob, it's like, what? I don't. All right. Okay. And then there's another person here. Their name is Grant. Hello, everyone. It's so wonderful to come on to the show that I adore listening to. At- Thank you very much. Thank you. And guess what? Grant is also on History Honeys. Sex Archie mm-hmm. and Six Feet Sunder. Yes. <laughs> Those are also shows that I love listening to because then I, it's finished and I can post <laughs> it once I'm able to listen to but it. But even, well, even more than that, Whoa. Chip and Grant are also <sighs> doing Dogs Must Die. That's a right. A recap of, biz- I believe it's pronounced yo yo. That's right. O- only in Spanish speaking <laughs> territories. Okay. But, but yes. Yo yo's, uh, <laughs> yo-yo's Strange Journey. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a bizarre podcast, Dogs Must Die, where uh, a little over a year ago, mm. year and a half now, I was convinced to watch JoJo's Bizarre Adventure for the express purposes of talking about it weekly with an internet audience. A great decision. It's worked yeah. out pretty well. Pretty I'm well. very chuffed that, that it's, <laughs> it's still happening. That's awesome. And uh, so go ahead, before we start with the festivities of this wonderful, this this groundbreaking episode of goosebumps yeah that we're gonna talk about i wanted to get your y'all's history on goosebumps that's a great question bob mm-hmm. i was gonna ask that question well, how how uh, what is your st- chip and ironicus what is your collective stance on jovial bob stein well uh this is not gonna lie the first time i've ever read a goosebumps book my entire whoa. life whoa what yeah <laughs> what the hell <laughs> That's uh, wild to me. Oh, I, I hesitate to ask if you liked it or not. Like already, <laughs> I mean, no, I had a fun, I had a fun time with it. You um, got the okay. best chapters, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, the way we divvied up these chapters this time in this episode. Oh man, I did the beginning, Mario did the middle, and then uh, Josh and Grant did like the end and. Where Mario things pop things off pop in the final. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got robbed, Mario. We got robbed. I don't know. I got the part where it get, where the most in, like, where one of the most insane things happens in it. 
Um, I got the True. most problematic part. Is what I feel. <laughs> I got I got the fucking onion part, but we'll get to oh, it. Oh, I'm excited to talk about that onion. Anyway, Josh, yeah, are you going to read any more episodes of Goosebumps? <laughs> oh, I mean, God. are you gonna? Re- I'm I'm a little interested now because this one was um crazier than I thought a children's horror movie, uh, not movie book would get. It was mainly that last third, as mentioned previously. Uh. The, the choking the choking surprised me <laughs> I have I um, have to express that like they're not all like this yeah I'm I'm under the impression this is an an iconic goosebumps book maybe I think iconic yeah. for sure I mean th- this this is a sea change in goosebumps uh, branding that's at true the very least that's absolutely there, there's like a lot of other slappy books right oh yes oh yeah. you have no idea slappy is currently headlining his own sub brand of goosebumps oh my god okay yeah it's great Grant yes is this your first goosebumps book no no uh I mean I. Th- I read, I can't even imagine how many Goosebumpses <gasps> I read uh, as a youth, as a child oh, uh, uh, in, in my 10-year-old year. Uh, but my, my clearest Goosebumps memory is one time there was like a special like pack available in the uh, uh, book fair scholastic uh, uh, book catalog. Oh, oh yeah. Man. So it wasn't just like the monthly book, but like a poster and a extra thing. And the, the thing that I remember is it had a little electronic keychain that you push the button and it made this horrible yes. like <laughs> yes. yeah. And so I got, I got it. I got it. And then it get, gets shipped to, you know, your uh, uh, elementary school classroom because that's the address they have on file for these orders, right? And and, and so then it just sat under my desk and <laughs> the fates conspired to like poke that button all through the day. Like things would just like fall or would get bumped. <laughs> and I was, by the end of it, I was absolutely mortified. I was so embarrassed by this horrible noise coming from my desk eight times a day. <laughs> oh man. I, now I, 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 I might go on a little editing spree and just try and find that sound. sound. Good luck. Cause I know the keychain <laughs> you're talking about. I know I had it. I don't think we talk enough about the scholastic component of goosebumps. Why are we selling keychains to children? We do not have keychains keys at that age <laughs> what are we locking my locker at school locker? or something i don't know I, I didn't really have a you can key for that it, i had a combo you can attach it to your trapper keeper um it's true you can hang it from your hit clips yes oh my god it's one of the great products for kids that uh, is designed to annoy your parents yeah um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's that sub subcategory of products that's just uh, make your parents hate having children yeah, I kept my uh, my my uh, sound effects uh, keychain inside my my GAC when I was growing up. I just that was my whole. I yeah, used wait. my GAC to hold stuff. I'm not being serious. This is a joke. Okay, <laughs> it was like it was like you keep your GAC <laughs> like with you. Like, yeah, loose? I just hold it. You know, you, it, it's very holdable. Gack. You can carry around. You know, you just have a handful of GAC. Uh, but I it's feel like that like, dude walking around with a whole armful of bees. Have you seen that? Yes, I just saw that. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
<laughs> fucked up. It's perfect. Uh, I feel like we don't talk about the scholastic component of Goosebumps enough. No, yeah. Um, on You Can't Scare Me, a Goosebumps po- podcast. Because I was thinking about it recently, because it is October, and that was the time in my life when the first round of parent-teacher conferences occurred, which also coincided with mm. the Scholastic Book Fair, um, which was the perfect time to get yourself some Goosebumps uh, merchandise. And it's like, I think that goes into like why... Halloween is so such a good time of year for me because it means one multiple days off while you other people have parent teacher conferences and two you get to buy a bunch of cool books and spy cameras <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah dude oh man there, I got so much good shit at a, a scholastic I learned there. how to draw a manga I mean oh a hell dozen yeah times oh, that over, book mm-hmm. at least oh that book is so hideous <laughs> it's like oh visually makes oh it's so cringy oh man you gotta get like the the klutz guide to magic yes. tricks that don't yes. like oh, work oh, yeah <laughs> shit. you gotta get another copy of where the sidewalk ends <laughs> And then you got a, uh, oh, what was it? Uh, oh, Animorphs? Yeah, Fuck of course. Animorphs, bro. Shit. Uh, it was Animorphs and Goosebumps. That, that, that was, that was my real That was my real series, though. For, Animorphs <laughs> go so fucking hard, guys. I can't. If, way, way more violent. Uh, yeah. I only read the, the Hork Bajar Chronicles. <laughs> oh, man. Deep cut. Deep cut. I had a cool cover uh, at the Scholastics Book Fair. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're actually kind of a lot of parallels between Goosebumps and Animorphs, because just mm. like Animorphs, Goosebumps had the... Uh, just like Goosebumps, Animorphs had the show. And so the show mm-hmm, was cringy mm-hmm. and much in, in, in many ways, uh, just like the Goosebumps show. But anyway... Ultra low-budget Canadian productions. <laughs> oh, yes, wonderful, wonderful. I can't get enough. I watched the premiere of that, I'm pretty sure. The premiere. <sighs> I was there for Animorphs when it made television <laughs> history. Oh, my God. I was there when Animorphs... Pa- Paolo Costanzo doesn't get enough work even to this day. And I truly, honestly believe that. <laughs> it's unfortunate. Hey, Mario. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm seeing here we've got another segment that we need to do. Oh. And that is a history lesson. Well. Yours in particular. That's right. Hey, guys. Hey, everyone. Hey. It's me. It's Mario, the cool ghoul who's everybody's pal. And I'm here. There's his catchphrase. With a patented history lesson. I don't think you can patent that. I'll trademark it whatever yeah anyway got it. what was history like in the year of our <laughs> lord 1993 specifically the two months of april and may of that year i'm told it was ending <laughs> well <laughs> you know what not a lot was happening so that would it was winding down uh finite yeah a descriptor was, for it, that time is finite and it just keeps passing and unfortunately not many things fill it in the months of april and may um <laughs> but let's talk about the movies of them. Yay! I love movies. Yay! Uh, April, 993. Imagine. It's spring. Um, the grass has riz. The flowers bloom. And Cop and a Half is in theaters. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you really paint a picture. It's, it's, it's incredible. <laughs> you too could be watching Cop and a Half. <laughs> uh, or more... Uh, seasonally appropriate, The Sandlot. I watched The Sandlot a, a lot as a kid, despite not giving a single shit about baseball. But maybe you also watched it. I don't know, listener. You tell me. Um, <laughs> maybe you also watched The Sandlot repeatedly while reading your one issue of White Dwarf uh, looking at collectors, uh, at collections of Warhammer figures you'd never own. 
Maybe that's just me. Um, also, the the dark half, George A. Romero's uh, Stephen King adaptation, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, if you liked Malignant in recent years, you might like the dark half. I heard good things about Malignant. Is that something I should ch- check out? Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty uh, fucking bonkers. Uh, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> it's it's. I like bonkers. It's a wild movie. Uh, it goes really uh, absolutely just hog bonkers at the end um and that was literally (laughs) the only three movies that mattered in april of that year but what about may well i'll tell you um the the tommy knockers a classic stephen Mm. king adaptation from the drug years um uh hot shots part do oh hot shots oh my god i i just suddenly got a just a surge of memories coming back to me about hot shots what a movie he fires a chicken like an arrow sure does (laughs) it was the poster even for that movie i think (laughs) i was always confused because it was not related to the ps1 golfing game (laughs) franchise and it really bothered me that it wasn't related perhaps most importantly though here are two movies that did matter in history oh shit um one is my neighbor totoro that came out in may of 1993 haven't seen it are you Huh? Sorry. People Sorry. don't talk to their neighbors these days. Come on. Yeah, come on. What? <laughs> you had the same reaction with that other Stephen King uh, uh, movie. What was it? Creep Show? Creep Show, yeah. Well, I haven't seen Creep Show. I mean, that's different. That's like a personal favorite. But like, My Neighbor Totoro is like a cultural d- moment. <laughs> like, like yeah. one of the biggest yeah. anime films of all time. And that's Ghibli, right? Y- yep. Y- yep. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm 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 reeling. I'm reeling. Hold on. I'm just like spiraling out of control. You know the the extra uh, awful thing about that is that my brother got me the full Ghibli collection, like every single Ghibli movie, and I have them. So much to unpack. But this is the same brother that spoiled all of JoJo for me. So mm, can hmm. you spoil it's fine. it? It's fine. <laughs> it's the it's question. Uh, well, that's what that's what his explanation was. He was like, "I'm just going to tell you the whole thing." And then, you know, because it doesn't really matter. It doesn't. And then it, like, completely... <laughs> and then I was just like, oh, so... But let me get you this one. Now, this one I think we'll all agree on. We'll all agree. Super Mario Brothers the movie. Oh, yeah. Hey! I'm Super oh. Mario over here. Hey, I'm Mario Mario, and that's Luigi Mario. With Bob Hoskins <laughs> uh, uh, reprising his role from Brazil to... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I saw that movie in theaters, and uh, as a very young child when they showed the dinosaurs at the very start i shouted very loudly it's jurassic bark uh and made the whole theater laugh my parents. <laughs> oh, that's a, never that's looked adorable. back yes yeah. yeah. amazing adorable. yelling things about video game characters for the rest of your life yep i was about four years old i think and that's uh that's what that's when it started folks that's beautiful that's a beautiful origin story <laughs> Uh, you have to make I that just, same joke. I can just joke. imagine you as a little baby. It's Jurassic Park. You have yep. to make that same joke in theater for the new Mario movie. Yeah, oh, complete your life circle. Yeah, um, <laughs> but you have to say it before Chris Pratt does because you know that line. Oh, in there. I'll say it. Oh, I'll absolutely. Say it. Uh, was on TV 
in that time, these months that we're talking about, fuck, fuck all. <laughs> like nothing. Did you know they made another League of Their Own TV series? Because I didn't. They did. What? Hmm, they what keep the hell. They really? keep trying. I don't know. Like, uh, didn't they recently try to make another one? Of yeah, those? they just aired one. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> what is with? The, yeah, I don't know. They, uh, all right. Maybe there's a, a League of Their Own fan base out there. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's me. I'm that. <laughs> oh, okay. That and everything else Gina Davis did okay. between 1988 and 1995. I get it. What I are get you it. talking about? Well, she was not on either TV show. Yeah. I must yeah. stress And why that. do you think they failed? Why indeed? Uh, I think we found the reason. In May, Saved by the Bell, The College Years aired. <sighs> I think we're all excited about seeing what um, they're doing um in college those those kids whose names i know um <laughs> one of them is screech screech yes zach screech, yes. miri the porno they made all those kids <laughs> uh, oh my good lord i just looked up saved by the bell and the guy who plays zach his photo it just looks like a uh uh like a, a uh, what do they call those? A crime headshot? Like uh, uh, <laughs> a mugshot? What? Mugshot. What? Mugshot. He looks like it's. Oh my god! It's weird. He's staring into my soul. It's a mugshot of Zach. Here, uh, here's yeah. my headshot. I will be auditioning for the role of crime today. <laughs> crime doer. <laughs> I am crime doer. Oh man, um, that's good shit. In the world of video games, this one's brief. Uh, in April, the seventh guest came out. Oh. And uh, nothing else according to wikipedia what's released that's probably not true i bet there's like a cool spot or something in there somewhere but evidently not um but for the best-selling games of this time of the year april and may uh Star Fox still rocking the, the snes charts Woo! super mario land 2 still holding strong in the game boy sonic 2 the only game that i'm aware of on the game gear so that's still going and <laughs> x-men for the Genesis. Mm. God. I remember playing Sonic on my Game Gear in school and everybody was gathered around me so fucking jealous for the 20 minutes that the fucking thing was on. Yeah, I didn't even own a Game Gear and I remember playing Sonic 2 on a Game Gear. <laughs> That's oh what's fucked up. I think every person alive in May of 993 played Sonic 2 on a Game Gear. <laughs> Oh man, because you went into like a price club and started messing around with it, like the live demos and shit. Or your or cousin, your cousin had one and yep. had yeah. Sonic Two. God, I can't, I can't put to words how it felt to load all six AA batteries <laughs> into the back, into the grips of that fucking giant. It, it, I love, I love that thing so much, and then I dropped it and it broke. Anyway, <laughs> that's all that happened in history, by the way. Just oh, saying. we're all done with history. That's it. Well, that was it. <laughs> well, with that, uh, there is one other historical thing that happened. A, a new a Goosebumps book was released oh, around shit. this time. Do you remember that? You, I forgot is, this. You forgot? You forgot <laughs> that Goosebumps Night of the Living Dummy came out and we have read it i would say it did change history it did it changed goosebumps history that's definitely. true that's true hey curly uh bye you're no longer the mascot now it's oh. slappy yeah rest in peace my skeletal friend r.i.p curly we love you big ups dog pour one, pouring one out the real ones know the real ones know <laughs> r.i.p to a real one <laughs> so let's go ahead and start talking about the cover uh 
Hey, Josh, mm-hmm. as a person who just encountered Goosebumps for the first time ever, yeah, what did you think of Tim Jagopas' cover of Night of the Living Dummy? Um, I mean, this is, even though I've never read any of them, I remember this cover. Like, I remember oh. seeing this at book fairs. So, like, the whole reason why I didn't read Goosebumps was because uh, I was a dumb kid who was, like, above it. <laughs> Uh, i already chose my my children's horror medium by that point which was are you afraid of the dark oh Oh, so i had no need for goosebumps um it's true it's true uh i didn't like the cover though as a kid uh it scared me (laughs) (laughs) it is a freaky uh, could you describe it to the to the listener yeah, so we're we're talking about the the very the original one here, right? Yeah, the original yeah, yeah, yeah. 1993 yeah. Tim Jacobus cover of Night of the Living Dummy. Yeah, so this is just a an illustration of Slappy the Dummy, kind of framed by bright red, you know, ooze blood. Yeah, the red is upsetting. Uh, huh? You don't know ketchup and mustard. It is. Uh, it ketchup. is ketchup and mustard, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we we have this this red kind of oozy bloody frame with a goosebumps logo surrounding this this kind of dark spooky illustration of Slappy the Dummy who is uh in a who is dimly lit from from just one light so his head is kind of trailing off into darkness here with a uh wide open eyes small pupils that are neon green like piercing right through you and he he's got a big spooky grin with his mouth agape uh with the text he walks he stalks (laughs) which i'll have you know a literal just a lie uh just just, yeah just a lie that (laughs) slappy does neither (laughs) (laughs) i i will say i'll just get ahead of it i completely uh, misremembered this book uh-huh <laughs> and it is extremely funny we'll get into it but like wow my question is do you think that tim jacobus knew the twist ending in this book or do you think he knew that slappy the dummy was in the first three chapters of this book <laughs> and drew that dummy on it <laughs> i will say that if you remember, Mario, this has happened before. Yes. Where uh, Tim Jacobus is given an early copy of the book, maybe a few chapters, and then he will base it on like the initial like couple chapters, and that's kind of why mm. the rest, like some of the covers, have nothing to do. Like the infamous "Say Cheese and Die" cover was just like. I don't even think that, yeah, he just kind of went off on his own and did whatever the fuck he He just made his own thing up. Yeah, it was completely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he based the cover on, like, the name of the book, if I remember correctly. And so, uh, yeah, R.L. Stein retrofit that that scene depicted in that cover into the book as a dream sequence. Do you think R.L. Stein <laughs> so- retrofitted slappy the dummy into the book oh my goodness because of this cover like because i would say that this cover is like the goosebumps cover it's like the cover that people think about with goosebumps a lot of the time Uh, i don't i don't know for me it's monster blood or the haunted mask um night of the living dummy is definitely up there but i mean in terms of like slappy being a marketing piece it's the slappy on this cover oh absolutely yeah 
And I and it's weird to me that Slappy became a marketing thing. Yeah. Because he is so minor in this book. Yeah. Except on the cover. <laughs> and I would have I would like to research that at some point to figure out like, okay, is it just because there are like eighty fucking Night of the Living Dummy sequels? That's yeah. Is that why Slappy is such a big thing? Because there is like the most I, I need to research this too. I don't think there are many other books in the series that have as many parts to them as Night of the Living Dummy. Oh no, the the Living Dummy saga is by far. Oh the, yeah, the it's largest. It's the largest for sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah, the only one that uh, comes close to it is maybe Monster Horrorland. Monster Blood, maybe maybe Horrorland. Monster Blood has like three or four parts. Horrorland has like a spinoff series, which oh right, or like right. a a a. Um, a sub-series. See, Cheese and Die fans getting shafted again. Um, yeah, what a shame. <laughs> I can't I can't fucking believe it. I cannot... I can't believe you've done this, Jovial Bob. I can't believe you've but done this. But I think there is something to say for Slappy's design being based on the dummy as well, like the prototypical dummy. Yes, which yes. Which yeah. Wood doesn't have. No, yeah. no, no, no. Uh, I think you're right. I think Slappy's look is way more iconic, mm-hmm. if you'll pardon the, 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 the turn of phrase, than... Mr. Woods. I mean, Mr. Woods is like howdy doody. Yeah. Um, we'll probably get into it later, but like Slappy is Charlie McCarthy while Mr. Wood is Mortimer Snurd. I am going to nod my head. <laughs> okay. <I> okay. <laughs> what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, I guess you invited a puppet expert. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. Whoops. Oh man, that's awesome. Um, but uh, before we get too ahead of things, we do have a couple variations on the cover to go through. Yeah, we should talk about this. Yeah, we should definitely talk about La Nuit de Pantins. I'm going to assume that's Night of the Night of the Dummies. The Night of the Dummies, which is more accurate, I guess, than well, they're both fair. Um, I hate this fucking French cover. <laughs> I fucking hate this. Descri- cover. <laughs> describe the French cover of Night of the Living Dummy or the Night the dummy it's half of a very worried child's face um they he or she is very freaked out there is also a dummy the dummy is definitely slappy because it's wearing a suit um it has very angular roger smith from big o eyebrows um, (laughs) uh, a horrible like closed mouth grin like it's not uh it's not as threatening as this the american cover it's just like eyeing this child in a way that i really don't like <laughs> it's got that joker smile kind of oh, thing big, going on big joker yeah. energy big big twisted he's so twisted so twisted oh man he, he has damage written yeah. on his forehead <laughs> he's damaged <laughs> uh grant Yes. Help me out with the next cover. Uh, with which one? The uh, one that is uh, wh- Mario. Is this uh, what? What? Uh, uh, which one are you looking at? The one after the the French one? The one with the the pink goosebumps. That is Japanese. Top. It is Japanese. That's uh, Japanese. The Japanese, okay. the Japanese cover is trying to frighten you. Yep. Uh, this is an illustration of uh, th- this is. Uh, the first one we've talked about, uh, one of very few, that shows Slappy in his entirety yep. sitting on a, a window bench seat uh, in a child's bedroom between two twin beds. 
uh, in front of an open window with the shutters flung open and a spooky moon backlighting him with his head like lolling off a bit toward the viewer's left. And the shadow that is cast by the moon is not the shadow of a ventriloquist <laughs> dummy, but of a grinning, laughing demon I with love bat this. wings and a pitchfork. <laughs> I love this. I love it so much. Also, Slappy looks insane in this cover. Like, yeah, it's so- great. Oh, the Japanese covers are every fucking time. They just like, knock it out of the park. Like, it's not because he doesn't look evil. He looks like he has just completely lost his mind. Like, it's so good, too, because the color combo, it's like the pink perfectly uh, uh, works with the, the there's a pink doll that has been ripped apart at the bottom mm-hmm. and uh, the, clearly you know slappy has done this also i didn't know if you guys noticed but the pitchfork is actually inside the um the doll the it other is. doll that's been ripped apart yeah so it's just there's this is so cool compare that to the the jacobus 1993 cover which is basically just like a it's the colors scream mcdonald's to me <laughs> yeah. it's, just, it's, it's like night and friggin day you know it's awesome who wants to do Indonesia? The Indonesian cover. Uh, so, so the Indonesian cover is. Uh, oh, I just love unique takes, and boy, is it. So, uh, <laughs> in in this one, you see one of the dolls. I'm not sure which this is. I also don't know who this is. But you only see him from the nose down. The top of the head is cut off by the title treatment, uh, all in black and white. And uh, it's got a super oversized baggy suit, the way a ventriloquist doll might, because they don't make clothes that size. Uh, uh, and it's just got this unhinged sort of grin. It's more, more of a controlled menace than some of these we've seen. But growing out of uh, uh, the, the lapels is this, I don't know, is it wisps of evil is it hair oh, what is question. coming out of this what is that? this jacket it's weird but it sure is and no, <laughs> it's, it's it certainly I, is it absolutely is can confirm it is this is a really modern cover do you know mm. like this looks like a thing you would see a horror artist today on twitter post you know like yeah, yeah. like it, it's it's uh, ominous it's ominous and then you compare it to the UK, the UK. Oh my god! Uh, cover, which is a dummy. Have you ever seen one? It's oh there. Oh my god! It's a bad cover. <laughs> this is the child eating the beans. Yes, that's what yeah, it was absolutely. reminding me of. Yes. The child eating the beans decided to wink at you. Oh 100%. yeah, 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 yeah. This is. It's like a very cherubic d- dummy. It's it, it, the thing is, it's just a dummy. It, it's like the most dummy dummy you've ever seen in your life, and it's not in any way frightening. <laughs> There's a bunch of bubbles around it, like it's taking a bath or some shit. I, what mm-hmm. is this even supposed He's to be? He's a dirty boy. Oh, yeah. you're a dirty are they dummy. bubbles or are they, some of them look like plant cells. <laughs> yeah. Got all up in them beans. Ooh. I kind of thought <sighs> the goo that he's in in this cover may have supposed to have been the stuff he throws up. Ooh. But it's the wrong color. I love that. Yeah. Oh, I love. I'd love it if that was the case. Like uh, he like projectile vomited <laughs> and then winked. <laughs> Um, just like I, hey wink hey <laughs> <laughs> it's just, that, that's my it's that's my boy. mr wood impression <laughs> it's your boy mr wood Bink. and now the national anthem hooray <laughs> i love the korean cover because it's the only one that has mr wood on it um, yeah yeah uh and it's definitively mr wood he is eating which is a thing that does not happen in the book he tries man it's cute though <laughs> it's very cute i think it's a very it's not scary but it is a cute cover yeah, um, I do like the look of it. Yeah. And then we have the modern one, and it's 
um, book accurate slappy, and then he's not fucking doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's just in the corner. Just n- nothing going on. Uh, uh, sir, not appearing in this book. <laughs> Alrighty. And with that, let's go ahead and get to the main event. And as I said before, uh, I took the first third of the book. I took from chapter one to chapter eight. Mario took from chapter nine to what chapter was it? 16? The middle of the book. And then Grant and Josh took the latter third of the book. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into this. Chapter one. Lindy and Chris Powell are twin sisters who are the reason the child-free subreddit exists. <laughs> I, think, I think Jovial Bob wanted to finally stretch and, and write an only child and then thought better of it because <laughs> yeah. these, are, I, these children are identical in every way through the opening portion oh, of the yeah. book. I got them confused so often. Like, dude, I when I was reading this, I wrote down like their name. <laughs> their yes. names and my phone just like and like reread a couple paragraphs a couple times and thinking am i this dumb that i can't comprehend which character is which in a children's book no it's just they are exactly the same it's one little girl talking to herself yeah. up until the pov switches between them at one point yes and and then doesn't switch back and so it's really weird because i thought one character was the main character the whole time and then actually no i guess not they weren't no well fuck me mm-hmm. it is crazy to me that we are hearing Lindy's internal monologue toward the beginning and then it switches to Chris's internal monologue at a very specific and important point yeah Uh, probably when Jovial Bob was like oh man one of these characters is like a living fucking nightmare (laughs) yeah well they kind of both are but (laughs) one way worse though no no yes bob yes they're way worse (laughs) way worse (laughs) i'm just gonna put my cards on the table my my thesis here is that uh uh night of the living dummy is indeed a baby book for babies uh this is the sort of thing that you only read to get like uh, a free pizzas at pizza hut but it's a really good one. <laughs> I I agree. Like there is literary technique at work here that I enjoy. Yeah, I'll just uh, I'll give my review right up front. I actually I actually this was pretty entertaining. Like the beginning, I was, I enjoyed this book. Yeah, it was kind of rough, but then oh my god, the last third, holy yep. fucking That's shit! That's what I was telling you, man. Like the last third goes so fucking bonkers that it makes the rest of it better by its existence. Oh, it's so good. And uh, I don't know who all, uh, I read it and I also um, listened to the book on tape. Uh, did anyone else listen to the wonderful voice acting? She was good, I thought. <laughs> yeah, she was. I thought she was, yeah, she was actually pretty good. I think that the father, uh, Mr. Powell, at certain points was pretty, <laughs> was pretty rough. But uh, <laughs> well, on, on the whole, it was actually pretty good. And I will reference it uh, in a few chapters. So let's keep continuing. These most likely 12-year-olds are introduced as being horrible to each other. Yes. Which will change to being horrible to everyone around them very soon. (laughs) Chris is the twin with short hair who is generally merely annoying. A good example of this being the first words of the book where she has blown a giant bubblegum bubble and is trying to get her sister to look at it by yelling through her closed mouth. Can I just interject Mm -hmm, quickly? mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, okay, because I was going to say... 
interesting to begin your book contextless with mm 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 mm-hmm. because I <laughs> yes. read that as someone eating something very tasty. <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> yes, you were. Lindy is the twin with long hair who is a maliciously annoying asshole. She's a psychopath. As, she sucks. She's a psychopath. I hate Lindy. <laughs> As evidenced by her popping Chris's bubble, telling her she sucks at blowing bubbles, pointing out she can blow bigger bubbles, and tricking Chris into thinking she got gum in her hair. Yep. Chris then angrily slams closed the book Lindy was reading because she, quote, hates losing her place in the book, unquote. Chris asks their mom, Mrs. Powell, who has presumably been drinking wine all day to deal with these kids' <laughs> shit, when she can have her own room to get away from Lindy's constant bullshit, prompting Mrs. Powell to say, quote, on the 12th of never. These parents are both so checked out 100% of the time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> which, which is inferred to be the, the way that she always answers that question. <laughs> it's, it's so dismissive and shitty. I was impressed yes. by it. I was like, man, that's like, this mom's fucking done with this, these kids. <laughs> She's over this. I imagine her saying that while swirling a, a, uh, a glass of wine, like a red wine, you know, just like on the 12th of never. Now, fuck off i just like to say these are the most hostile goosebumps parents we've had since the parent that was actually a plant monster yes <laughs> literally a plant monster <laughs> mrs powell then tells the kids to fuck off outside because mommy needs to go to the supermarket <laughs> presumably to get more adult juice she suggests the the twins walk their little black terrier whose name is Barky. No, it yeah. fucking isn't. That's not the name of a dog. <laughs> That's what which, I said. No one's dog's name is Barky. You fucker. <laughs> bullshit. Which would be a decent name if it didn't imply the dog was just as or more annoying than the kids. Yeah. <laughs> the twins decline to walk the dog because they're awful. Instead, they decide to, t- to check out the dilapidated house next door because there might be a hot dude or two in there. <laughs> A squirrel is set up as watching them fuck around in the house. Remember that. (laughs) This isn't isn't a dilapidated house. This is new construction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is being built. Oh, I I misread that. Oh, okay, okay. This is being, it's under, okay. I thought it was like in repair. Yeah, so it's like the exact opposite of the spooky old house down the street or a musty attic. Like we're we're being haunted by unfinished new construction, (laughs) (laughs) which is unique. It's something. It's real suburban horror is what this is. See, this is why I got confused because of this literal next de- next section. Lindy warns Chris to not step on a nail or she'll, quote, get lockjaw and die, unquote. <laughs> yep. Prompting Chris to say, you wish. So, yeah, because of that, I thought, oh, so it's like a fucked up, a like rusty, uh, nail. rusty nails every, everywhere. But I guess it would be like that if they're, if they're on construction, they're ripping up the old shit. So anyway, Lindy responds with, I don't want you to die. Just get lockjaw. <laughs> Lindy continues to suck as she prompts Chris to touch an exposed electrical wire <laughs> to see if it's turned on. But the kids are interrupted by the sound of small footsteps above. The squirrel from before is paid off. Hooray. Then, Lindy finds her true home, a dumpster, and sifts through it. 
Chapter one ends as Chris watches Lindy retrieve what Chris thinks is a child's lifeless corpse from the dumpster because yeah. Chris is a moron. Pause here at chapter end to just note, this is a setup. This is a setup to later events that Chris is an idiot. <laughs> that Chris yes. is like one of history's greatest idiots. <laughs> like, the most gullible child to have ever lived is this like anywhere because what would possibly lead you to believe there is a dead child in this <laughs> dumpster and your sister is pulling it out <laughs> if you cannot tell a ventriloquist dummy from a dead child you are not old enough to be taking walks on your own <laughs> you shouldn't be doing this if if I was if like Chris had written this in her diary and like uh, somehow I was reading it, I'd be like, oh, Chris needs glasses. Chris, <laughs> we need to get Chris glasses like ASAP. This kid, <laughs> she can't be that dumb. <laughs> she just can't see. And yet somehow she is that dumb. <laughs> and yet we will get to it. All right. Chapter two. Chris continues to be a moron for a weirdly long amount of time, failing to realize that what Lindy has found in the dumpster is actually a ventriloquist's dummy. Lindy names the dummy Slappy for some reason. Because it's going to slap it's you. It's going to slap because you. Because she's violent. I guess, yeah, I guess because she wants to slap Chris with it, which is fine and normal. Lindy takes to Slappy instantly turning into a less racist Jeff Dunham in the span of a few minutes. Chris thinks Slappy is creepy, which is objectively true. Yes. Everyone knows the top three creepiest entertainers are clowns, mimes, and ventriloquists in that order. Lindy manages to entertain some local kids with Slappy as the twins head inside their house. The chapter ends with some horseshit about Slappy's eyes being lifelike or whatever. So this book really hinges on the notion that any 12-year-old girl to have ever lived has looked at a ventriloquist dummy <laughs> and said, wow, that's so cute, and I can't wait to use it. <laughs> Which has never happened in the history of mankind. Yeah, I feel like if you have a, a friend that age when you're a kid who is suddenly way into ventriloquist dummies, it's because you got stuck with the really weird kid. <laughs> Yeah. Or they're related to you, you know? Yes, yes. It's the only two ways. Extreme, uh, yeah, relative coming over to stay the night for some weird reason because the parents think that the kids will just get along just because they're kids of the same age. Yeah. And then, you know, they bring over their fucking ventriloquist dummy and talk to it, like, until 2 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> a lot of my childhood is becoming clear right now. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you have a ventriloquist dummy? <laughs> You can it's you can say it. It's okay. Well, this is a safe space. You can you can. I, I'm it's 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 fi it's fine. We don't need to. I'm, I'm pulling things up. I, mm, I. <laughs> okay. Chapter three. Turns out the local kids Lindy entertained with Slappy earlier told their mom how quote unquote funny, aka thoroughly disturbing, Lindy was, and requested she perform at their birthday party. Lindy can't contain her excitement. This is just a bad idea. This is a bad idea. This is just like the worst thing you could do. Like, <laughs> yes, give a 12-year-old child and her doll the, the stage at a party. This will go well for everyone. She's got skills. She's got drive. She is going places. She's I had the, du the dummy for a day. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, and she's already booking gigs. This is incredible. <laughs> 
Lindy can't contain her excitement at the thought of making fat stacks, and her father, Mr. Powell, is gleefully delighted by child labor. So Lindy is now a professional weirdo. One step closer to her moving out of the house. Just one step. <laughs> just one step. I guess everyone's just cool with Lindy yoinking this dummy from a dumpster. Has it even been clean yet? Anyway, Chris is jealous as fuck because despite Lindy not being a decent human being, she seems to be a decent ventriloquist, which is generally how it works in real life. Chris <laughs> literally thinks about becoming a ventriloquist, quote, for fun and profit. <laughs> And a few days later, she asks her parents if she can get a dummy too. This enrages Lindy, who tells Chris that she shouldn't be such a copycat and should instead focus on her her own hobby, collecting junk jewelry, aka trash. What is with these kids and collecting people's garbage? Mrs. Powell suggests the two share Slappy, but when Chris attempts to hold the dummy, it smacks the fuck out of her. Chapter end. So, uh, it is noted that not only do the, t the kids down the street uh, love uh, Slappy and Lindy's performance as Slappy, also every kid at school hooted and hollered yes. <laughs> when Lindy performed, including the guy that Chris has a crush on. It is true. Which, yes. um, excuse me, not okay, uh, but um, <laughs> this, this didn't happen. <laughs> this is what I would just this did not occur. So this is just a lie that this being no, told. There, there is a real running thing where like only one time is one of Lindy's performances actually on screen. Yeah. She could be lying about every oh, yeah. single one of them. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, she's secretly just like terrible and everyone's like just booing her constantly well, she can't heavy. she can't be good she just cannot be good i'm sorry <laughs> there's just no way that she's secretly good <laughs> all right chapter four lindy initially blames slappy for the beating but mr powell shuts that shit down immediately lindy apologizes tosses slappy to chris and begrudgingly teaches her the satanic art of ventriloquy we cut to later that night as chris has just woken up from a nightmare she notices Slappy on a chair in their room and decides to get revenge on him by pushing him over. But as she turns to go back to bed, Slappy grabs her wrists. Slappy definitely grabs her wrist. There's no one else who shares a room or a house with her who would grab her wrist. So it's definitely Slappy. Chapter five. It was Lindy. How? Seeming How is it Lindy? How? <laughs> Lindy is in bed. This is established. She is in bed. She threw her body. She th She's a really skilled ventriloquist. <laughs> she, she fucking teleported. Behind, like, she jump scared Chris from the front. Is what... <laughs> like, you can't do that. It was Barky in the bed all along. <laughs> Lindy was Barky! Yes, a good point. Oh my god. We hadn't considered that she had the aid of the duplicitous Barky. <laughs> 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 they forgot to name their dog. That's what it is. <laughs> they left the dog's name as default, and it uh, just, <laughs> just auto-filled to Barky. And our dog, Dog. <laughs> oh, God. Chapter 5. It was Lindy, who, was who has seemingly fully committed to, one, ventriloquism, and two, making Chris's life a living nightmare, taunting her as they both head back to bed. Smash cut to Monday, after chorus rehearsal which had the kids singing 
untranslated, depressing Russian and Yugoslavian <laughs> songs about sheep? Are they still what? Yugoslavian songs at this point? Like, I don't think so. There isn't a Yugoslavia right now. <laughs> like okay okay there is the republic of yugoslavia which is now known as uh, uh bosnia and Her- uh, herzegovina yeah but come on C- come on <laughs> there have been reprints of this book and i would not be surprised if they changed this line because there hasn't been anything called yugoslavia for 27 years now <laughs> uh chris and lindy come home to find their dad who has forgotten how to cut an onion without crying making him as the audiobook puts it a hold on i need to i need to prep okay give me a sec a crybaby i can't take this he wailed he tossed the half-peeled onion back to his wife crybaby she muttered shaking her head (laughs) (laughs) that's how the audio that's how the the lady reading the audiobook puts it (laughs) oh can we now bob yes now bob when you have cut an onion let me actually rephrase that Maybe my next line in my summary will elucidate um, something. Okay, okay, okay. Also, FYI, you cut the onion underwater to avoid tearing up. I've cut maybe 10 onions in my life, and even I know this. Does that answer your question? So, so no, this is not my point, actually. Okay, Um, But it's a fair point. Um, My question to you is, now, do you often cry when you peel an onion? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, I thought he was cutting it shit. No, he's peeling it. No, 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 no. I totally missed that. I totally missed that shit. He never mentioned cutting the onion. It's needless to assume that this meatloaf is going to have an entire onion in the heart of it, solid and intact. And this means that her dad is just sobbing as he's peeling an onion. Oh, no. He had a rough day at work. He's just sad. I love the line from Mr. Powell where he just says, like, while crying, while peeling an onion, saying, there's a trick to not crying when you do this. Wish I knew it. No, there's not. Yeah, you just don't. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it just doesn't happen. Maybe they were cutting on your other onions. I don't know. There were other cut onions in there. I just, it's, I'm, so, I'm so fascinated with what R.L. Stein thinks you do to onions. <laughs> <laughs> Never cut an onion in his life, jovial Bob R.L. Stein. <laughs> anyway, enough about onions. There's another dummy sitting with Slappy. They're multiplying. Chris has. That's the end of chapter five. Chris has an actual nervous breakdown in this scene. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like th- this is set up as a major like a uh, uh, cliffhanger, and the big jump scare is her dad got her a present that she asked for. <laughs> yeah. The most terrifying thing of all. Oh, and in the audiobook, the the uh, person reading it does a perfect job of just being like, uh, like absolutely like losing it over yes, the yes. the idea that there's another dummy in the house because she's already kind of freaking out about it. And then to cut to chapter six where it's just like, oh, is that a dummy for me? Oh, thank you, dad. You're the best. It's just like, what the fuck? How, how high strung is Chris? How like... <laughs> She what? lives with Lindy 24 <laughs> hours a day. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's true. Just <laughs> absolutely on edge all the time. It's just so fucking funny that like literally a chapter ago, she was like, hey, please give me a, a, a dummy dad. And then she goes upstairs and sees a dummy. Where could that have come from? And she's like, oh, my God, <laughs> what? <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> what? 
Chapter six, surprise, Mr. Powell, who is pretending to be crying because he was, <laughs> I, I put cutting in here, it's peeling. peeling. So he was peeling onions, <laughs> but we all know is actually crying because he's now raising not one, but two ventriloquists, <laughs> has bought Chris a new cheap dummy at a pawn shop. Slappy and this new dummy seem to be related in that they look very similar, only different in hair and clothing. Slappy wears a gray suit, while this new dummy is more like a dapper carrot top. Chris decides to call the new dummy Mr. Wood, and her parents don't immediately reject the name, proving they are objectively terrible. Chris and Lindy immediately start arguing about who has worms, which causes Mrs. Powell to understandably lose her shit and scream at them to fuck off once more. The next day, Chris's friend Cody comes over to be assaulted by her terrible ventriloquy and awful jokes, his reaction to which is to leave almost instantly. <laughs> it's it's easy to say that Cody sucks as a as a test audience, but he was set up to fail. Like there is no winning this situation. It is oh my god, her jokes are just I do, Jesus. I do kind of love that she's like when she tells the joke and she's just like, I mean, is, is that funny? Like, is, 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 that, is that anything? Is there anything here for this? <laughs> like, no, no attempt to build up a rapport, a rhythm. No, just like set up punchline. I uh, solve my math. Is, is, is good. <laughs> yeah. It's like, she's never heard a joke. Like she doesn't know what it is. And she's trying to figure out what a joke even is supposed to be. Like, let's just, let's just take a, take a look here. Her first joke, her, First joke out of the gate. I remember it well. Pretty good. How, how are you today? She asked him. Pretty good. Knock wood. That is not a joke. <laughs> this is this. You just roll through that. You know, you don't even <laughs> just keep going, kid. Just keep going. <laughs> it's like, that's not that's nothing. <laughs> it's literally. And you're looking for a, like this, uh, this incredibly like how do we how would you describe cody like emotionless em yes. yeah robotic yeah <laughs> devoid of all human emotion in kid. my mind in my mind cody was played by uh david cross oh <laughs> mr show <laughs> like yeah like every time he played a character that didn't that was just completely deadpan <laughs> had no reaction to anything uh see i was thinking ryan gosling from drive Okay. Like he mm -hmm. may, maybe a little bit more uh, menace, uh, a, a, a little less menace. <laughs> no, Cody is not this giant. Oh, that would be super funny if they if Arl Stein had like inferred like a menacing aspect to Cody. Like it would be <laughs> become like a fucking serial killer or some shit. But no, no, no. It's, it's that's what I got. I thought that uh, yeah, he's just he's just a little he's just a guy who is just not really like cody has shit i was talking to rachel about this cody there's something going on at home with cody <laughs> in in the chat i've put two pictures of uh two puppets mortimer snurd and charlie mccarthy who is about to get a shout out in a later chapter these they are do, you're right two of the most famous puppets of edgar bergen 
uh, the the famed ventriloquist. And I think these are like the direct uh, inspirations for mm, yeah. Slappy and Mr. Wolf. I think you're right. Absolutely. I think that that has to be so. The, the fact that one of them is a redhead and the other is in a suit is that uh, surely, yeah. surely. Yeah. And like Chris's second joke really points to this. Uh, uh, why are you, were you standing in front of the mirror with your eyes closed? Well, I wanted to see what I look like when I'm asleep. I think that's all right. That is a very uh, 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 Mortimer Snurd punchline because he is but a simple moron hayseed from the backcountry land. <laughs> Credit where it's due, I think that's an okay joke. I think that's okay. I don't think it's great. I don't think it's going to get you on Star Search, but I think it's pretty good. <laughs> like for, for a 12-year-old who's been doing this for 20 minutes. <laughs> so I'm hoping, like, th- there are so many more sequels to this. I hope the next one has a, a themed set of puppets based on the work of Senior Wences. That'd be fun. <laughs> From what I remember, I do remember the the cover, and I'm pretty sure it's a whole slew of dummies. There is definitely one with a family of dummies, like multiple dummies involved. Absolutely. All right, moving on. That night, Lindy talks about her upcoming job with Slappy, while Chris lies about Cody's reaction to her act. Chris also mentions a farewell party for a student teacher tomorrow, the outfit to which she's prepped and placed over her desk chair. The next morning, the kids awake to find that Mr. Wood is missing. (gasps) Oh, no. Oh, no. Mr. Wood clearly got up and ran around. Quick reminder from the last chapter that uh, Chris has a junk jewelry collection. Yes, that that is (laughs) just putting it there that this is a thing that exists because R.L. Stein definitely put it there because he wanted you to remember it. Uh, <laughs> there is no other place to talk about it. Set up, pay off. We, we are anxiously waiting the return of Mr. Wood, which is the second reason I think his first name is Elijah. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, the clothes that she's wearing for the uh, party are her Betsy Johnson skirt. I don't know what that is. Oh, she's a fashion designer from the 90s. Oh, <laughs> Well, I'm so glad you're here to clarify this stuff. This is stuff I don't know. I just, I just don't know this. <laughs> I, I didn't realize. I thought I was just invited because it's next. I didn't know I was a ringer. <laughs> <laughs> well, a surprise. A surprise. You're an expert on several subjects <laughs> directly related to this book. I fucking like puppets, Scott. <laughs> now, see, I felt weird earlier, but now I feel even more weird because I'm just, I'm, I'm purely joking when I'm making fun of ventriloquy. But now, I'm not that into ventriloquy, except uh, as a part of the path that leads us to fun puppets. Okay, okay, okay. All right. Senior Wences is brilliant, though. Just come on. I'd also like to toss out uh, right now that we get one of um, Lindy's. Telling, not showing only, that uh, she entertained a lot of people mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. her act. And um, did we ever get confirmation that she got money? Did, did she ever? Yes. Like, well, she does tell us she did at one point, but she hasn't done that yet. She never flashes her cash. She never buys anything. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, my God. This book is nothing but gaslighting. Uh, oh, oh, oh. This is so important. Lindy's act. She mentions it. Uh, she says, some kids were over and I practiced my act for them. They laughed so hard, I thought they'd split a gut. When Slappy and I did our rap routine... Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Oh, Alice I forgot that. Oh. her chocolate milk out her nose. What a riot. Nope. Nope. I, ne- I, I need... I need to hear that rap routine. It I can't be good. It. it cannot be good. The only hint uh, uh, to what this rap routine could possibly include is, of course, the most popular 
uh, uh, rap songs of the day. The only uh, hip-hop single to reach number one on the Billboard chart in the year 1993 is Informer by Snow. So from that we can infer... <laughs> I, oh my god, what would he... <sighs> I just... Nothing in this world could be more cringe-inducing than a 12-year-old <laughs> child and her ventriloquist dummy doing a rap routine Mm-hmm. They're just in the year of Womp. There it is. There just can't yeah. be anything worse than this. Like, like that sounds. That sounds like an act you hire, like for you know, uh, youth sermon or something, or like that's going to be a Christian rap. Yep. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yep. 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 I think you have a ninety to ninety-five percent chance of that rap starting out with "My name is Lindy, and I'm here to say." Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's um, it's absolutely something you get on a vhs uh that you found at like a, a yard sale uh and it's like an unlabeled blank black tape <laughs> <You> just... <laughs> yeah and if it's not a christian rap it's uh something extremely mild-mannered when you hire a girl to do her routine for like an old folks home yep mm. that, that's the other thing that's that's the only other thing it can be oh now you got me thinking of extremely cringy uh auditorium experiences Woo! <laughs> slappy's gonna tear a phone book in half so you stay <laughs> abstinent <laughs> um also chris then lies about cody thinking her act was funny which is very sad yes and even sadder when lindy's like oh i didn't think that that guy like ever laughed at things yeah it's like not only are you lying but like your lie is incredibly transparent like oh god chapter seven Turns out Mr. Wood is stuck to a doorknob and wearing Chris's farewell party outfit. Chris admonishes Lindy. Lindy swears up and down that she didn't do it. Chris is gullible as fuck and begins to think Mr. Wood is alive next chapter. And a crossdresser. That's true. So chapter eight, I didn't do a summary of, but let's do a real quick impromptu summary. Uh, I will go ahead and just say that this... Chapter is nothing. Yeah. Um, basically, Lindy is giving instructions to Chris on how to be an actual ventriloquist. Cody is there. They're having a great time. Um, I believe that, yes, Alice is, I believe, Lindy's friend mm-hmm. and says, quote, I think you're way weird to both of them. <laughs> uh, also, uh, everyone at school thinks they are weird as well. So that's... <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Also, uh, Cody says, you are a joke, Lindy. Ha ha. Remind me to laugh later. Do you guys remember when that was like the go to diss? (laughs) This this chapter has a lot of examples of like a technique that I found very interesting. The book is very uh, jovial. Bob is very, very careful to use phrases like made Slappy say or said in Slappy's voice. Yes. 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 So that when yes. there's eventually a turn and the dolls start talking and those phrases drop away, there's there's a, a change, there's a shift, and it's palpable. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's good. That's true. That's true. That's true. It feeds into one of the reasons why I'm actually, like, the Night of the Living Dummy it is pretty damn good, especially by Goosebumps standards. <laughs> yeah. um, by the first six Goosebumps standards, yes, it is pretty good. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, shades of um, of uh, uh, the, what was the mummy one? Night of the Living Mummy. Curse of the Mummies. Curse of the Mummies. Curse of the Mummy. 
Yeah, I get the Night of the Living Dummy and Night of the Living Mummy. I got him swapped. Yeah, Curse of the Mummy's Tomb. Holy shit. Oh, I'm so... Josh and Grant, I'm so glad you weren't here for that. You, Curse you of the Dummy's Tomb would be a heck of a crossover. Has he done that yet? He should do that. He, he, he should, should do absolutely that. do that. Oh, there should be mix-up versions. Oh, that'd be so cool. Uh, also, uh, Cody gets an actual laugh in this chapter. So he yes. does have joy in his heart. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, basically this chapter ends with, um, uh, yeah, uh, I think, yeah, Chris is playing with Mr. Wood. And then suddenly Lindy grabs Mr. Wood and starts pl- and starts um, pretending or uh, to mess around with him. Then suddenly Mr. Wood says, you're a stupid jerk and starts making fun of Chris. And when told to stop, I just forgot her name. Lindy? <laughs> Lindy? Lindy. I wanted to call her Lindsay. Lindy says, I can't. I can't make him stop, Chris. He's he's speaking for himself. So. Chapter closed. Two things I want to note here. One, and this has come important because I think it's, I think R.L. Stein is telling us something about Lindy. Yes. Uh, and it's that, um... When Chris says that she needs to find better jokes and asks what joke books Lindy uses, Lindy says, I make up my own jokes. Okay. <laughs> Put that away. Put that in your pocket. Save that for later. I think that R.L. Stein will do a little bit of a reveal later. I think, personally. <laughs> but also, but also uh, to, to, um, uh, to Grant's point about the way the difference in like the dummy being alive versus the dummy being used by another person. Uh, when this is happening and Lindy's doing the, I can't make him stop. He's talking on his own thing. Notably, everything that, uh, Mr. Wood says, uh, sounds like something a kid would say. Mm. And in fact, I think Lindy has said it before. Uh, like just saying, you're a jerk. You're a stupid jerk. Like, you know the the insults are are very much um 12 year old insults mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. in comparison to something this mirrors that- a technique in the opening act of hamlet where uh, <laughs> everything uh the ghost of old king hamlet says is is has already been said by uh, uh, Horatio or the guards up on the wall. So there is an idea that Hamlet is already gone mad and is hallucinating the ghost of his father from the very beginning moments of the play. So what we can gather here is that Chris mm-hmm. has gone mad and is... <laughs> <laughs> and that jovial Bob is a modern-day Shakespeare. <laughs> um, it's, just, it's just of note when later events happen... Uh, that might suggest that the dummy is not being uh, controlled by a person. The insults are very different. Yeah, and the difference to which we will we will yep. we will discuss. Yep, 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 yep. yep. So yep, yep, yep. take oh, yeah. it away, Mario, with chapter nine. Oh, chapter nine, <laughs> chapter nine. Uh, so Chris is um, still like the most gullible human being to have ever lived. Um, she immediately decides that Mr. Wood is. Um, evil and ugly okay um <laughs> and that, that lindy is completely telling the truth um <laughs> like that she just buys into this instantly uh and lindy lindy is to her credit she's selling it <laughs> but she her her comment is i'm all mixed up 
we we are past the perspective shift we mentioned earlier. Like yes. as soon as Mr. Wood enters yes. like the narrative, we we are just in Chris's head from here to the end. Yep. Yes, we are we are with Chris. So we we with Chris must now assume the dummy is evil. She uh takes the dummy back from Lindy. Uh, because Lindy has to go to her party, um, and uh, Chris notes that uh, she, she, Chris lowered Mr. Wood's eyes to her face. He grinned up at her, a devilish grin, his eyes staring intently into hers. The question I would ask at this point is, why do we keep this dummy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'll ask that question several times <laughs> in this book, because Chris fully believes this dummy is evil. Man, after a certain point, you just commit. I guess so. You, you just can't go back. You just you just gotta go with it. It's that twenty dollars. You gotta ride it out. You gotta ride that dummy out. (laughs) The twenty dollars you could have, you know. It's true. Yeah, Chris is Chris is very stubborn and wants to do better. Yeah. And if you have to make a deal with the devil for that, well, that's showbiz. I gotta make a bigger deal with a more evil devil than my (laughs) sister to really put her in her place. Exactly. I was just thinking about how this is uh, this could have been like a uh, uh, a devil went down to georgia situation but instead of playing a uh, uh, what was it a fiddle <laughs> make a deal to be a good ventriloquist um so we cut we cut to uh chris um lounging on her porch with not a care in the world apparently um <laughs> having completely forgotten an hour ago when her world was collapsing in on itself <laughs> um she accosts uh barky for being uh present and <laughs> nearly killing him with her feet um <laughs> jesus lindy arrives home triumphant having done great at the party she again did her rap routine. What a hit. Nope. It wasn't. It just, that just, it just wasn't Bob RL. It just wasn't. Um, uh, the kids all lined up to talk to Slappy and, uh, Slappy says, uh, everyone loved me. Um, Chris, uh, inquires as to the payment. Lindy says she actually got paid $25 <gasps> because she did so good. They paid her extra. Wow. Where is it? Show it to me. <laughs> fucking mut- put- show me. <laughs> uh, so she also says that Miss Evans, a woman who always wears leopard skin pants, um, asked her to do a party at a girl named Anna's house next weekend and is going to pay her $30. <gasps> Chris uh, dejectedly says, wow, $30, which I mean, in, if you're 12 in 1993, that's pretty good money. I mean, you're at you'd be at 50 55 bucks right now? Like what? That's like almost two yeah. Game Boy games, man. That's like, crazy. That's a lot, bro. That's crazy. Um and so Lindy's like, I have to go tell mom. What have you been up to? What what has she been up to, Lindy? Uh, when you left, a doll had come to life. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> So so she said Chris Chris putting it mildly is like, "Well, I was pretty upset when you left." when you left so uh she put mr wood upstairs uh and then uh went to the mall (laughs) which is but to spend all the money that she isn't earning because she's not playing kicks (laughs) but here's the great news here's the great news while chris is at the mall miss berman mrs berman i should say uh the music teacher decided to have chris and her dummy which she's performed with never host 
the school concert. <laughs> well, they're twins. She thought she was booking Lindy. Everyone's talking about how that's great Lindy is. That's a good point. <laughs> that's a good yeah. point, actually. I, that's possible. <laughs> Can you imagine the racket that they could do if they were, like, both, like, moderately, like, good at this? Like, you could totally have, like, uh, Chris go off and just do, like, the press circuit. And then while well, Lindy could just like lay back and just like have a good time. And then when it came to doing the actual ventriloquy, like the, the Mary Kate and Ashley vehicle writes itself. It's li- exactly. It's exactly. True. This is a recipe for uh, hijinks, I would say, um, <laughs> that I'd pay to see starring Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen. You kidding me? <laughs> um, if I were 12, hell yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Elizabeth Olsen plays the dummy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we cut to dinner where um, the parents, their parents are like mu- musing on the fact that it's very weird that they're intraventriloquism and they honestly thought it wouldn't go anywhere. <laughs> um, this, this chapter has the line that I think the entire book hinges on. Is it, I guess you I have some, some talent? Like, <laughs> No, immediately after. <laughs> um, Mrs. P- oh, I've, is it the... Okay, you, you tell me what you think the book it, it is. Okay, all right. Lindy beamed. Mrs. Powell normally wasn't big on compliments. Yes, okay, yes, yes. I agree. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, there is an unhealthy dynamic in this household. <laughs> this is, okay, so here is the part where I think, take that, hey, remember when I said the thing to remember? Pull that back out of your pocket. Because <laughs> Miss, Miss Lindy says, I found a book at school, in the school library, about ventriloquism. It had some pretty good tips in it. It even had a comedy routine to perform. <gasps> she glanced at Chris, but I like making up my own jokes better. Fucking, I think this is a gotcha moment. I think this is a slip of yep. the tongue from old Lindy, where she's revealed that her whole shtick is bullshit. <laughs> oh, oh my god. She's a liar. I think. I think she's a, a con. I well. I I know she's a consummate liar. I know this to be a fact. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so after dinner, the um, Lindy calls their dad, who is in Portland, and tells him how great everything is. And then uh, Chris tells him about being hosting the concert, and her, their dad's like, "Well, I'll definitely be there for that." Great. Um, yeah. They also watch a movie that mom rented? Yes, they do. <laughs> I have a note so here. I ch- Renting. So I checked the hot uh, VHS releases of oh, May, two- uh, May 1993. <laughs> Good of you to do that. <laughs> and uh, so it's likely they were either watching Blade Runner or Glengarry Glen Ross. And so I thought about <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Powell. So I watched Glengarry Glen Ross uh, uh, and tried to imagine it through the eyes of a 12 year old. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, number one, learned a lot of fun new words to try on the, on the playground. That's, oh boy. I bet. Uh, <laughs> and number two, I was mostly just very confused and wanted to eat popcorn and go to bed early. <laughs> Not a lot for a 12-year-old in that field. I think if you were, yeah, I think for a 12-year-old, a lot will be lost. But I don't know that more would be gained from Blade Runner. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely um in two years i'm gonna watch a uh, grumpy old men and be like wasn't he at the, wasn't that the guy in the really boring movie mom wanted to watch with me um so they go upstairs um and uh okay then <laughs> they go upstairs and the dummies had previously been sat side by side in a chair how picturesque but they get there and lindy cries oh no for 
What's happening? Why Mr. Wood is sprawled on top of Slappy, strangling him. <gasps> I, I, I don't know if this counts as a cliffhanger, um, because... Um, so dummies... Dummies don't breathe. <laughs> so there is no danger here. <laughs> like, like Slappy is not going Who could to have done this? die <laughs> from this. Um, so Chris is chapter 10. Anyone have anything else to add to that? Other than, nothing other than like, I, I really like the idea that this is like a Toy Story situation where they're just coming to life. And then the moment someone like enters the room they're in, they just freeze. Sure. And stop. It would be deeply frustrating if you were a murderous dummy trying to kill the other dummy, because, of course, um, he cannot die as he is not alive. <laughs> um, so you just be strangling him endlessly forever. <laughs> Chapter 10. Chris is incredulous. And so is Lindy. How can this be? Uh, they attempt to pull the two dummies apart, and as it, it's as if they are separating two fighting boys. Um, if both boys were unconscious, that would be the case, and made of wood, um, <laughs> would be the case. Um, no muscles to speak of. Yeah, with yeah, little yeah. no muscles, and they weigh significantly less than an adult or a child. Uh, so that would be the, the key difference. Um, so okay here's a part where rl stein uses some words uh if you haven't noticed it i did rl stein uses a lot of words in this book that i don't think children know um he used he describes a cathedral ceiling in one chapter <laughs> kids definitely don't know what that is he also says here um that chris's face was pale and taut with fear that is a big word for a 12-year-old. It's actually a small word. <laughs> but it contains, uh, it's a, a, a large portent. Um, <laughs> it's of great import. Um, I, I was listening to an R.L. Stein interview uh, just earlier today, uh, uh, and he was talking about, like, th there are published guides for how to write to a fourth grade level, a yeah. sixth grade level, hmm. etc. cetera, mm -hmm. that, that he worked with. Uh, and I guess taught makes it through or he didn't follow them too closely. <laughs> he, there are guides. And he said, those guides are for lesser men than I. <laughs> I know, I know authors that use semicolons. They're all cowards. <laughs> I also love how it is like every time we do these episodes, it, it becomes more and more like solidified that, uh, jovial Bob R.L. Stein is, the Stephen King for children, like mm -hmm, down mm -hmm. to doing a like how uh, on writing esque, like on writing uh, parenthetical for fifth grade children. I think that by the end of this book, he becomes the Garth Marenghi of children's literature. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was thinking while reading this book though that like, you know, it's not as bad as people usually are in Stephen King books, but this I does agree. feel like the children's version of a Stephen King book in that everyone kind of sucks. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is yeah. this is pretty aggressive which how, with how bad they are as you will come to see soon. <laughs> yeah, like if this was written by uh, uh Stephen King, like Lindy would absolutely be a greaser. Uh she would be. She'd also be racist. Um <laughs> Yes. Uh, and their mom would definitely be an alcoholic. Um <laughs> 100%, yes. Uh that's I think those are the only nominal differences you could draw between this and a Stephen King novel. Um <laughs> 
So well, we we need uh, some sort of uh, religious zealot as well. Yes, oh, yeah, yes, yes, yes. We do. We, the 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 concert host would be a religious zealot. Mm-hmm. I'm literally um, thinking the exact same thing. Yes. Um. So um, Lindy accuses Chris, or doesn't accuse her, just sort of begins questioning her if she's done this because of her jealousy of Slappy and her relationship, and then. Uh, so she denies this and she Chris hears her mutter um your dummy is evil which is true based on what we know so far <laughs> uh and then and then an amazing sentence an amazing sentence Lindy says I'm kind of scared about this which yeah that's how I feel about it if I'm 12 years old reading this book <laughs> I'm kind of scared about this kind of <laughs> eh, kind of um, am I scared sure I guess. Uh, so, speaking of Stephen King, the girls run to tell their mom what's going on. She's in bed reading a Stephen King novel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I checked what Stephen King novels you could be reading right now in this year of our Lord, <laughs> 1993. Um, if it's- the amount of research in this episode is phenomenal, like <laughs> truly so, incredible. Released in 1992 uh, would be Gerald's Game and uh, Dolores Clairbone. Um, that those were the novels released at this time in 1993. She, st- she could still be chipping her way through the stand, uh, uncut and uncensored. <laughs> I mean, it's, true, it's yes. possible. I'm assuming that she is an avid reader and is getting the, the most recent ones under her belt. But it's true, she could have just started. She could be on Carrie for all I know. Uh, mm. But if it's 993 and she's and we're assuming they don't know that it's a novel or not, uh, Nightmares and Dreamscapes did just come out at this time. Mm. So she could be reading a short story collection. Chris, how dare you? Um, not know. Uh, so anyway, her mom, their mom utters a short cry, uh, as they appear, because why wouldn't you <laughs> like this? Duh. <laughs> uh, so she says, Oh, you startled me. This is such a scary book. And I think I was just about to fall asleep. Those two things are somewhat contradictory. <laughs> um, so the girls attempt to explain that Mr. Wood is doing strange things. Their mom rejects this completely and just blows up on them. <laughs> like, just, just yeah. get the fuck out of here, kids. Which, like, if it's if it's 10 p.m. and I'm in bed, I get it. I understand. But her read of this situation is so weird because she's like, I'm so tired of your silly competitions. Um, both of them are here and both of them agree <laughs> that the dummy is bad. Like, there's, this is not a competition. Just get rid of the dummy. They're literally together. Like, they agree on this. Uh, so her, her reaction is if they can't shut the fuck up and go to bed, she'll take both the dummies away. Um, which I would say is unfair. Uh, but we'll see soon that maybe it isn't. Um, so... Uh, also, her mom then just like turns the light off, which is the ultimate like that's it, we're done here. <laughs> like, <laughs> like uh, g- good night. <laughs> um, mom wasn't too ha- helpful. Lindy says, "Yeah, no shit." <laughs> Fucking like, <laughs> duh. Um, so they put uh, Mister Wood in the closet uh, for the night, uh, and uh, Chris feels a chill of fear. I'm becoming afraid of a stupid ventriloquist dummy, she thought. Yup. And if you think about that even harder, Chris, you might figure out what's going on here today. Um, so uh, she sleeps fitfully. Uh, and she... So this is thing that's been going on all book where they keep having dreams, both of them, that some mysterious thing is chasing them. 
Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I don't know why Lindy's having it. <laughs> like, she know. really didn't like that squirrel before. I guess, I guess <laughs> so. Uh, so uh, when Chris awakes drenched in sweat, she finds that Slappy is where uh, he had been placed, but Mr. Wood is sleeping, or is not sleeping. Mr. Wood is sitting uh, next to him, triumphantly grinning. I guess he got out of the closet, I guess. <laughs> like, what? And we should celebrate that. Um, we should. We should. That's good for him. It's a, it's, it is a victory. Um, <laughs> chapter 11? We get a great comedy routine to start this chapter. Whew, it's not good. <laughs> um, God. Uh, yeah, so Chris's routine is still not good. Uh, um, some jokes about school, some jokes about shop class. Some jokes about uh, building himself a wife? Yeah, fucked up. <laughs> fucked up, actually. Um, so Chris is rehearsing in the mirror because, uh, one, Mr. Wood has been well-behaved for two days. We were keeping this fucking dummy. Just get rid of it. God, Jesus. Uh, We talk about um, the way that you uh, do ventriloquism. So she's watching her lips uh, as she makes them. We talk, and she's talking about how uh, the Bs and the Ms, the BMs, um, were impossible to pronounce uh, without her lips. And that's true. Um, You you, you have to, that's really hard to do for ventriloquists. But she was getting better at switching uh, between her voice and Mr. Woods. Uh, She was getting... Uh, faster at it and she notes the faster he and I talk the funnier it is that is also true (laughs) of anything (laughs) that's that's true of all comedy Um, then why are your episodes three hours long huh answer me this I never claimed they were funny (laughs) it's just so many jokes even when they're sped up (laughs) I wouldn't claim they were funny Uh, (laughs) um so uh suddenly lindy comes rushing into the room uh and guess what more great news that we uh, is maybe true um at amy marshall's birthday party miss petrie loved her act so much the rap part i assume (laughs) that she wants amy to go on talent search on channel three congrats which is which is cool I guess <laughs> could be competing um, against some little child dressed like a cowboy who yodels or some <laughs> shit like that. Just I just every like, embarrassing child act you can find. There must be just nothing good in this whole town for, for this <laughs> to make it. Um, Chris is slightly jealous, um, and then Lindsay goes off to tell uh, mom. Chris is bitter about the fact that everything good happens to Lindy, and she just she she's just hosting a stupid concert for maybe a hundred parents. That's a fucking lot of parents. That's a lot. That's a lot of people for a kid. You've How also populated are these kids' birthdays that your sister's doing. You've this also never done this before. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to perform in front of 100 people and have never done this. So she throws Mr. Wood over her head and slams him into the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Powerbomb Mr. Wood. Uh, oh, she she notes that his eyes seemed unforgiving, which is interesting. There's a lovely description of a pale, cold, uh, moonlit night. That's very nice. Um, suddenly, Lindy... Uh, awakes to a sound what could it be it's a gentle thud what could it be uh someone's moving in the darkness it's (gasps) it's chris (laughs) 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 who is going downstairs because she uh would like a glass of water um (laughs) so 
uh, great. Suddenly, shortly thereafter, Lindy hears a scream of horror. So a weird jump back to Lindy's point of view for that scene. I don't know why we did that, uh, <laughs> particularly given what happens next in chapter 12. Uh, Lindy runs downstairs. Um, she is she practically leaps downstairs. Uh, her heart was pounding. I guess at no point has Arl Stein um, lied. This isn't like a heavy rain thing. Because this is what I'm like, how do you do this from the perspective of the psychopath? Um, and I guess at no point has she actually said that she's frightened in this internal monologue. So she comes to the kitchen. There is an eerie light. What could it be? It's the, re- the refrigerator. It's the refrigerator door. Um, yep, yep. The fridge is open. It's empty. And then something cold and wet surrounds her foot. She gasped. It, um, it's milk. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many like moments where it's like, oh no, it's nothing. <laughs> so, um, the scene coming to focus was all so weird and so wrong. Um, basically, the whole fucking fridge has been emptied out, and shits everywhere on the floor. Uh, and also, a mix mixed in with the food is uh, Chris's junk jewelry collection. Um, a- as if to quote Arl Stein, it was some kind of bizarre salad. Yum, yum, um, is what I have written there. Um, and in the middle of it, who should it be? Why, it's Mr. Wood. Let him eat the chicken. With Let his, him eat the chicken. He works so hard to get that chicken. Let him eat the chicken. He is trying to eat the chicken, and I have written, not the chicken, Mr. Wood. Is is nothing sacred to you? <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing sacred. Look, look at him at the Korean cover. He wants to eat the chicken. <laughs> um, so, yeah, again, the Korean cover an actual event in this book although his face implies that he's alive in that which he is not here um chapter 13 it's so weird that we're in lindy's head for this right like it's yeah. very it's weird to be in lindy's headspace for this part of the story um, agree uh so lindy asks if chris is okay chris is so confused um, because, she, and, and, and thinks, and immediately jumps to, did Mr. Wood do this? Which, <laughs> okay, <laughs> I guess, I guess that's what we're doing. Um, and then suddenly, the greatest horror, their mom enters the kitchen. Dum, dum, dum. <gasps> um, Lindy, uh, and Chris both blame Mr. Wood. Their mom flips the fuck out <laughs> reasonably and says, this is just sick. Is it though? <laughs> I mean, well, it's, it's, yeah, that chicken is going to get salmonella. <laughs> you keep, you leave it yeah. out on the floor. I mean, admittedly, it's not good. It's not good. Is it sick? So she says she's going to take the book away from them both uh, because this whole thing has gotten out of control. I would say that is fair. That's a fair call. It has gotten out of control at this point. Um, yes. Uh, however, Lindy and Chris devise a plan. Uh, they, uh, to keep their dummies, I don't know why you'd want to keep them at this point, but to keep them, they will clean the entire kitchen as if this never happened. Um, Mom makes a comment that, um, quote, all the vegetables are spoiled and the milk in this setting, and that's why it will be hard for them to fix this. The the vegetables are spoiled? Like Those are already like, bad. <laughs> like, that can't be... <laughs> They've, it can't have been more than 20 minutes. <laughs> like, vegetables don't just rot the moment they contact the air. Like, you have not seen not their floors? How... You you don't know. You well, don't know. 
you do true, you should true. wash those before you cook with I, them. Anyway. I do like the idea that she has to point out to not somehow mop up the the milk and get a funnel and put it back in the don't do that don't do that <laughs> you can't you can't listen you, the milk is no longer good i i just need you to know this the milk is bad um so they decide they'll use their allowance money uh to uh buy new food which i would also note uh hey lindy you could use the massive bucks you've been raking in from your uh dummies to buy the food but whatever um so basically they work all night in silence um and and repair the damage done by mr wood uh chris thinks that uh mr wood has been nothing but trouble which is true they keep repeating that Mr. Wood has been nothing but trouble several times. Um, and then she sit, thinks, I'm beginning to hate this dummy. Get rid of it. Yeah, just fucking get rid of the dummy. Throw him in the fucking garbage. Return him. You you don't have to keep this dummy. It Like, just get rid of it. So she puts, uh, she throws him in the closet and suddenly she hears a voice cry out, let me out of here. Cliffhanger. Thoughts, feelings. I will say that, um... Mrs. Powell uh, is pretty like she's we give we were giving her a lot of shit, but she she's pretty lenient here, yeah. letting the kids keep the dummies if they clean up mm-hmm. their mess. Like, <sighs> I mean, she's better than a Stephen King mom in this scenario because I can tell you it would happen in that book. <laughs> like nothing good. I mean, I agree. I think that the fact that she even let them keep the dummies at all. Uh, I would maybe argue is bad on her part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, just let it go. Just, it, just let it go. Um, so, uh, chapter 14. We Okay, so the voice is coming from the closet. Chris is like, is asking Lindy if she hears that. Lindy says, uh, no, she can't hear it at all. And just wants to go to bed. Okay. Um, Chris is absolutely freaking the fuck out right now she is Mm. just freaking the fuck out she's trembling all over and she's crying (laughs) like like it's kind of it's kind of fucked up it's kind of sad i would say it is fucked up i'd say this whole this chapter this chapter is fucked up (laughs) i would say that before it was funny to goof on uh lindy and chris's relationship and how lindy was just like a fucking nightmare yeah now it's like knowing what happens like lindy is unforgivable like for real like yeah uh, i should actually note that that doesn't actually happen in the next chapter this is rl stein's like um i need another chapter here <laughs> no yeah definitely, so, definitely. i'm just saying like when no, you get I, there yeah yeah, yeah i know yeah. i just i just think it's funny because like so this chapter is one page long the patented 200 word chapter yes this yep. page yes, is 100. one page long um <laughs> Chris is freaking out, and Lindy just says, uh, this is, uh, horrible, and I know who's doing it. <gasps> and, and Chris says, who? Cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> who could is that it be? The shortest, is that the shortest chapter we've ever had? I think it is. I think it I is, think yeah. I think it is. I'm pretty sure it is. So, page break, chapter 15, guess who's been doing it? Was it Mr. Wood the whole time? No. It was Lindy, <laughs> who is a fucking psychopath. She's yeah. legitimate fucking 
nightmare like psychopathic nightmare she's so proud of it she's so proud of of all of the mayhem she's wrought yeah no shit lily says she is proud in this chapter the word pride is used here (laughs) like yeah it's when i read this chapter i was thinking okay is the twist going to be that there is no living dummy and she just has a psychotic sister? <laughs> because I would have been fine with that twist because I like it. <laughs> yeah, it would be weird if Lindy was just the villain of the whole book and we... <laughs> like, uh, but, yeah. like So, literally, all of these things have been orchestrated by her sister, which is fucking insane yeah. to think about. This has been a, like, weeks-long con. Wrinkled all her fancy clothes. Mm-hmm. Destroyed all the food in the fridge. <laughs> nearly had her own dummy taken away from her. And why? Why did she do all this? To fuck with Chris. Yep, that's no it. No other reason. That's it. Just, she just... I she don't think we've ever that had... Chris got Mr. Wood. That look was at it. me. Look at me. I'm the ventriloquist now. <laughs> <laughs> You're the dummy. <laughs> Uh, like this is evil this is an evil thing to do this goes beyond like being a competitive sibling this is an evil thing to do to someone yeah this chapter while reading it i was also uh imagining the whole like confession and reveal of this being done done in the way that like the way everything gets laid out and explained near the end of a Saw movie where it plays that (laughs) song you know and it's the big twist or whatever I was also imagining that Uh, it has it has um, like a Poirot reveal energy uh, to it and then and then then Poirot enters the room oui madame (laughs) it was you for fun Lindy replied dropping back onto the bed still grinning still grinning she does she does the fucking Poirot evil voice. <laughs> Madness. And I do it again, too. <laughs> I don't think we've ever had an antagonist in a Goosebumps book who who has been this evil. I agree. And we've had, like, bioweapons. A witch. <laughs> we had an actual evil witch, and she's less evil than this. <laughs> an, evil wi- an evil cat witch. Uh, like, I don't, yeah, I, uh, hands down, Lindy, you win. You win. You're the most evil Goosebumps villain. So, okay. Um, that's the chapter. Okay. I just think... <laughs> so, Chris ends by thinking, I've got to find a way to get her back for this. But how? Murder uh, would be my suggestion. <laughs> uh, you could just kill her. <laughs> and maybe do the world a favor. Um, because this child is evil. Uh, she's basically Michael Myers. Like, Donald Pleasance the in Halloween. Like describing michael myers is describing lindy in this book (laughs) um pure evil um so chapter 16 um chris has not been speaking to lindy just want to note that (laughs) not not shocked really understandable yeah uh so instead she's hanging out with um cody um the boy with no imagination that's true well to be fair he does imagine a pool full of iced tea (laughs) (laughs) so um well he's asked to imagine it and then says no i shall not i shall not imagine this he he is prompted to do it and semi rejects the prompt (laughs) um so uh chris has still been practicing mr wood because she's got to put on the show 
Um, and they also notice that she has not told their mom about this because uh, her mom is totally disgusted and is we're, they're no longer allowed to mention dummies to her <laughs> or their dad. What? <laughs> like, Jesus. <laughs> like, um, oh my God. That's a very healthy home, I would say. So uh, she goes to practice the dummy at home. Um, it's the best home day to practice because no one's there. That's sad. <laughs> it's very sad. Uh, while practicing, uh, a button comes unbuttoned on Mr. Wood's shirt. Inside of his pocket is something yellow. It's a piece of paper. It, it's not a receipt. It contains a single sentence. Chris, Chris says, did someone send you a love note, Mr. Wood? Which sounds like what a sad ventriloquist would say in a ventriloquist horror movie. <laughs> um, like the like uh, Magic starring Anthony Hopkins. Like that seems like what he would say uh, very sadly. So she does the thing that literally every person knows you should never ever do, which is oh, read man. the mysterious slip of paper aloud. Um, uh, I'll just read it to you now. Uh, Karu Mari Odana Loma Malonu Karano. Ah, oh, shit. Something in here just came alive. Oh, God damn it. You're welcome. I should have mentioned I do have a dumb, uh, ventriloquist dummy. I got it for research purposes, and it was sitting right next to me, and now it is gone. My microphone's going to start beating me in the face or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I also thought here, this book came out after Child's Play, and I... I now begin to wonder how much of an influence Child's Play had on this book. The, um, some of the sequels take their names from Child's Play movies, which took their names from Frankenstein movies. So I, I, it's not <laughs> yeah. necessarily one to one. There is there is a little bit uh, there is a little bit uh, in the later chapters that also reminds me of Child's Play. Um, but we'll get to that anyway. Um, Chris, now knowing, of course, that dummies can never be alive. Uh, it's just thinks, ah, whatever, no big deal, uh, and goes back to practicing with the dummy. Cut to the evening. The Millers are here. There are some old people, and like all old people, will just become burdensome <laughs> by entering the lives of their neighbors. <laughs> um... So they just showed they just sh showed up in this house and said, "Perform for us." <laughs> Do a tight five for Grandma. So, Come on, let Grandma see your audition reel. Workshop with Grandma. She wrote for Jack Parr. Come on, show me your routine. So, um, sighing loudly, the girls agree to show the old uh, neighbors their routine. Um, so this is where the. Uh, uh, old older neighbor neighbors uh, ask, "Have you heard of Bergen and McCarthy?" Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Called shot. Oh, slam dunk. And I wrote, "Literally, no one has." And I have been. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> been proven wrong. Um. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Grant. Lindy... Grant, how does it feel to be murdered? <laughs> I mean, at, at least I'll go down knowing that I have seen uh, uh, the <laughs> wonderful comedy stylings of Edgar Bergen uh, in many of his, his guest spots in the uh, 70s uh, variety show circuit. So <laughs> it feels pretty okay. I love that I was a kid watching Abbott and Costello and you were watching Edgar Bergen. <laughs> this is like two completely different diverging stories. Lindy does her routine that goes off great. 
I'm sure she did her rap and everyone loved it. I'm sure they loved it. This is the only evidence we have of anybody seeing and liking this act. Yeah. True, true, true. This is Schrodinger's rap. It's like it exists and doesn't exist simultaneously. I need it. Where is it? If I meet R.L. Stein in real life, I'm going to ask him, hey, Night of the Living Dummy 1, what's the fucking rap? What's hey, Wendy's rap? rap for me. There, there is like a... Uh... It stands for Rap Legend Stein. <laughs> oh, I was going to say it stands for Rap oh. Life. Anyway. Uh, Shit. <laughs> Josh, what were you saying? There, there is like a TV or movie adaptation of this. Is the rap in that? There is, in fact, not an adaptation of this book. Really? I thought there was. You, it is totally okay to think that because there are other, uh, there are adaptations of the next books. For some reason, huh. and we'll get to why, <laughs> I think Night I know of the why. Living Dummy 1 is not ad- uh, adapted. Yes. Now, Slappy does appear in, as we said before, Slappy does become like, you know, it, he replaces Curly as like the mascot. Mm-hmm. And so you'll see him popping up in like games, uh, the latest game, and the, um, I believe both the Goosebumps movies starring Jack Black. Yes, he is. He's the central mm-hmm. villain in both movies. Okay. Yeah. You're totally like, yeah, you're, I totally understand uh, thinking that. Okay. Um, so basically, the Millers nearly die from laughter at how funny this <laughs> this performance is. Um, <laughs> and then we enter with Chris and Mr. Wood. Um, so, okay. So this routine is important to note here because, as I said, the like the mean comments being made by Mr. Wood when the kids had control of him were like, you're a stupid jerk, whatever. In this case, uh, Mrs. Miller said, that's a nice looking dummy. Mr. Wood declares in a harsh, raspy growl, you're a nice looking dummy too. The, the, <laughs> everyone gasps. <gasps> this is so horrible. Um, he then looks at Mr. Miller and says, is that a mustache or are you eating a rat? Which, <laughs> Don't laugh so hard. You might drop your false teeth. And how do you get your teeth that disgusting shade of yellow? Like, pretty, this is, you know, you know. This is this is like insult comic Insult shit. comic, like, yeah, yeah. She's an insult comic. Um, in fact, the Millers <laughs> say, I don't get the humor. Which, I, so they don't, <laughs> like, they don't get triumph. The insult comic dog is what we're yeah. getting here. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, basically, uh, they demand that Chris apologize and Mr. Wood says, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you're so ugly. I'm sorry you're so old and stupid, too. Oh, my God. Um, and then uh, Chris flees in, in tears. I got to say, if I was uh, Mr. Powell, I'd be fucking dying. Yeah. I would be laughing yeah. so fucking hard. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just wrote here at the end of this chapter, canceled. <laughs> so... <laughs> so <laughs> Oh, that's isn't that Jeff Dunham's new fucking like? Isn't it just oh, like? Oh fuck! Uh, is it? Are you suggesting that Jeff Dunham's dummies have come alive? <laughs> well, well, Jeff Dunham means canceled in the I didn't get enough ratings and I'm not renewed anymore because I'm a fa- financial yeah, loss. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. True. Uh, Jeff Dunham's new tour is called "quote still not canceled" unquote. Uh, yeah, because no one's Great. watching. <laughs> it's not, yeah, not exactly. hard. It's like, actually, no, I think it is a verifiable fact that you have been canceled, just in the more technical sense of your shitty show. 
uh, I believe that concludes my portion of this book. It, it does. All right. It, we're now entering the climactic final third. Do you think the dummy is alive yes. now? Let's find out in chapter 17. <laughs> So, yeah, it's it starts off with Chris, like, freaking the hell out mm-hmm. again, trying to convince Lindy that Mr. Wood was talking by himself. She was not doing that. And Lindy doesn't buy it. You cannot kid a kidder. Like, she already cried wolf, and now you're just some sort of wolf copycat. It's not how this works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, the, I've already made this joke that the, the puppet's saying this and not me. Like, you can't, that's... Get, get your own material, kid. Uh, so now it's concert night. Oh you know how school concerts always start with a comedy act? Yeah. But before you, you segue into 40 minutes of the big Johns, both Williams and Philip Sousa. Yeah. Have, I never went to a school play or concert that was emceed. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, Chris is in, you know, backstage and she's extremely nervous because, you know, uh, she's 12 and has to do this in front of at least 100 people, more than that. Uh, this is extremely stressful for a 12-year-old, and she's literally never done this before. <laughs> and uh, she, she is approached by uh, Mrs. Berman, whose voice she does not recognize. Lindy, uh, uh, so, so much of Chris is explained by... Like voice deafness, the the hearing version of face blindness, I guess. <laughs> but yes, Miss Berman is, uh, you know, just encouraging Chris before her, she's out on stage and all that. And like the book goes on to describe what Miss Berman looks like. Yup. Uh, and I, I, while we were going through previous chapters, I was just like looking around at different images from like different illustrations from some old books or something. I don't know if they were different covers or what, but I noticed there's two extremely similar uh, illustrations of a scene that's going to happen very soon. That includes Mrs. Berman and they look like they're done by the same artist, but the difference is they made uh, the appearance of Miss Berman more flattering in the updated one. Because Mrs. Berman's description is not particularly flattering. Yeah. The only yeah. thing we know about her is that she is a large woman. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is um, some classic Jovial Bob um, material, <laughs> I would say. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And I will point out that the classics Goosebumps reprint uh, had changed a lot of things. And this is one of the things that has been changed. Mm. Mrs. Berman. Her description has been changed from she was a large, heavyset woman to she was a heavyset woman. <laughs> uh, okay. Does the reprint mention the number of chins that she the, has? Well, yes, it does. But oh. the only thing that it changed was that it removed large. Huh. What that. the fuck? What does that change? Yeah, nothing. Absolutely <laughs> that's, nothing. That's not the bad part. <laughs> exactly. I will also note that the reprint changes blonde with an E to blonde with no E. Oh, thank God. Trash dumpster to just dumpster. Yes, I noticed that all the dumpsters were capitalized. Yes, capital uh, capital D dumpster. Capital D umpster. Uh, Bed table has been changed to bedside table. Mm. Prickly has been changed to prickling. And while we're on the topic, the most, the biggest change in the international releases in the French release Slappy's name has been changed 
to clack clack. <laughs> oh, oh, clack clack. Okay. Clack, clack, clack does clack. sound like a very fancy French clown. Yeah, it. Do- you know what? That sounds so fucking French, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Clack clack boom. But doctor, I am clack clack. <laughs> So Mrs. Berman is very like supportive, very encouraging to get get Chris out on stage with Mr. Wood, who like she's Chris is always thinking that she's seeing Mr. Wood blink, which is weird because the puppet doesn't have a blink mechanism. That's kind of fucked up Mm -hmm. a little bit. So they get out there and she has like some last minute flutters and and with just a little bit of last minute encouragement, uh, uh, Mr. Wood starts saying the most heinous, like (laughs) fat shaming insult routine. Oh, God, it's so bad. This is really mean. (laughs) Like, hey, you. You know the difference between just cruelty and comedy? A microphone, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it has been emphasized that, like, I will just say, Miss Berman, a totally lovely woman, has been nothing <laughs> yeah. but supportive, has been great. She a seems great like a person. great teacher. <laughs> if we count your chins, will it tell us your age? Jesus Christ, Mr. Wood. Oh, yeah, my God. Like, zip code jokes. Yeah. <sighs> uh, and like, so Mrs. Berman is, you know, understandably very upset and is trying to get Chris off the stage and she's trying to apologize to the audience. Uh, and, and, you know, she tells Chris, please apologize to me and to the audience. And that's when, uh, Mr. Wood leans into the microphone and says, apologize for this. And then he <laughs> opens up his mouth and just starts projectile, high pressure projectile vomiting all over Miss yes. Berman and the people in the front rows. Yes. It is described <laughs> like a fire. <laughs> yeah. This, this shit is traveling far. I love this. A massive volume of nasty green fluid that is uh, described as the smell of sour milk, of rotten eggs, of burning rubber, of decayed meat so there's your ingredient list folks go make your own at home maybe he put a lot of the stuff from the fridge in, in him in himself I, yeah. I fucking love this scene it's my favorite scene in any book we've read so far I was like oh my god this is terrible with the fat shaming shit because yeah yeah yeah, yeah, I, yeah, you yeah. know uh, uh, Josh and Gray you, you guys d- wouldn't know but from earlier episodes this is just a running thing it is with, sure. uh, Jovial Bob he's just like oh you know what uh, the fat kid let's let's make the fat kid like the source of uh, like let's just goof on him constantly right let's, let's make the the old the older lady oh yeah he also has a thing about deaf people we, we don't need to talk huh. about it um yeah <laughs> but uh yeah it's just so bad and up until this point i'm just like oh my god this is the worst shit and then he projectile vomits throughout <laughs> the entire audience and i'm like fuck yeah, yeah. <laughs> it turns it oh, right around shit. <laughs> And I've also never been to a, a school concert with a splash zone. So, <laughs> yeah. they, they do it different in this town. Yeah. I will say that some of the kids are described as having the fucking time of their lives uh, in yes. this scene. They wouldn't are just you, fucking on the you? ground. <laughs> yes. I would be loving this. Like, as a shitty kid? Abso-fucking-lutely. <laughs> like... Wowie, best best uh, uh, faculty event and ever. I love how long it goes. It goes yeah. for a long time. The vomiting it's pages. <laughs> like yeah. The, yeah. The, the there people... are chapters shorter than the vomit. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. 
and I'm glad because like people are described as like slipping on it and falling on their asses and shit and like stumbling and trying to get to her. Oh god. This is like that scene in the Adams family where they are doing Hamlet and they like start dismembering <laughs> each other. And they can like spraying each like high pressure hoses of blood. <laughs> So, like, I don't know what it seems like that uh, uh, Chris has come up to say the most heinous, cruel (laughs) shit anyone's ever heard a child say and then do an amazing magic act. Like, where there's no visible hose. She carried this thing out of nowhere. Yeah. The the sheer volume. (laughs) So, yeah. And so, like, the, the stage lights are so bright, Chris can't really see what's happening in front of her in the audience, but she can just hear everyone screaming and, like, gagging <laughs> and trying to escape. Uh, and she tries to stop the puke by putting her hand yes. over the dummy's mouth, but the it's so forceful, it's just squirting from out of between her fingers and around <laughs> her hand. So, so Mrs. Berman saves the day, shoves her backstage, and you will not be surprised to think she's going to move to have Chris expelled? Suspended oh, yeah. permanently, which is yeah. expulsion. <laughs> yep. And that brings us to chapter 18, where uh, Chris is getting punished for her, her heinous, heinous, awful actions tonight. I like how no one questions how this is possible. Like, Yeah. Like, yeah, no one. It's just... She she really committed to the bit and brought in 13 <laughs> gallons of vomit that she mixed up in several buckets on her own, hit it in her back via like a, a the 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 contraption to steal soda from a restaurant. Uh, yeah, yeah, just tubes hidden uh, uh, in her her like fancy uh, what's her name <laughs> skirt, running through a yeah. trap door beneath the riser. Yeah, 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 she's got she's got a little oxygen tank with her to pressurize it all. <laughs> So, Mr. Powell wants that dang puppet under lock and key until it can go back to the pawn shop Monday. Yes. Not today. The, the weekend is sacrosanct. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What's that? We don't have a lock or a key? You can just close the door? That's good enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's like, Chris is really trying to, like, plead to, to her parents to listen to her. And both of them just are so fed up with their daughter that they're just like i you know what don't talk to me we'll talk tomorrow this is mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. exhausting but lindy at least seems vaguely open to the possibility <laughs> of magic yes well i yes, didn't it's... ruin my sister's life so <laughs> i don't know what else could do this yeah <laughs> no one so, else has it out for her like i do who could be more evil than me so chris can't sleep because she's having flashbacks she's she has puppet traumatic stress disorder <laughs> <laughs> so she can't sleep it's fucked up and and like so she's just lying awake thinking about like uh, uh everything that's happened but then she hears a noise and she sees moving shadows. Something is leaving the closet, which, I mean, so brave. 1993, oh my God, I can't even imagine. <laughs> and, <laughs> so, and, and she rushes out to find what it is and pounces upon Mr. Wood <gasps> in the stairway landing. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. So this is the first, like, incontrovertible like supernatural stuff yeah. because Mr. Yeah. Wood has a fight scene on the staircase with Chris. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh the now now we are in chapter 19 and uh there's just a beat 
where she has caught Mr. Wood. He blinks and then he hisses. <laughs> yeah. He hisses and then <laughs> starts attacking her and and also actually just straight up begins to talk. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And I had a very hard time not hearing it as anything else but Jigsaw's voice the entire time. <laughs> so so this is what I was re- reminded of with the Child's Play thing because they, they talk about his voice being like a deep growl, uh, like the sn- angry snarl of a large dog. And... Um, in Ch- in Child's Play, if you have not watched it recently, as I have, uh, Brad Dorff's Chucky performance, like, whenever Chucky is doing anything, uh, he stops talking, like, he doesn't deliver quips in that, he just, like, begins screaming <laughs> like just like <laughs> angrily snarling and screaming the whole time it's like viscerally unpleasant um and that's all i could think of is what was like oh this is like when chucky does the thing. <laughs> <laughs> so so they're fighting up and down the stairs. Uh, uh, Chris is so bad at identifying sounds. She doesn't recognize her own breathing at one point. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, there, so she she has she has Mr. Wood like pinned down because he's just a fucking dummy, mm-hmm. yep. and she she's trying to like she says out loud that she must be dreaming right now. You know this can't be happening for real. And Mr. Wood just says, "I'm not a dream. I'm a nightmare." <laughs> he's so lame. <laughs> he's the lamest fucking guy in the world. <laughs> yeah. So like they're they're actually like pinning each other and punching each other. Yes. And eventually, Lindy wakes up and interrupts them, and is still not entirely sure what she's saying. She still doesn't quite like. Mm, I could probably fake this, so you could probably fake this. I don't know. There, there, there's a part where Mr. Wood just straight up socks Chris straight in the gut. And he just, yeah. like, knocks the he's a strong little dummy. <laughs> he's trying. He's trying. Like, I, I do love the, the moment where Lindy is like talking through her disbelief. And she says she mentions the thing that happened at the concert tonight. Like she's hedging her bets through the passive voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like so, we all agree something happened. We're, we're all on the same page there. Uh, so, you know, the, the Twitter trend going around the qu- quote tweet with the incident at your school right <laughs> now, <laughs> now, so, so one time this girl's dummy just started everywhere. <laughs> so like uh, eventually mr wood does move independently in front of of lindy so we're all on the same page they scream and shout for mom and dad they're not coming they don't want to hear shit about nonsense <laughs> no fuck this and while Chris has the dummy pinned beneath her foot, she shouts, look. And then in chapter 20, Mr. Powell does come to see this nonsense and says, look at what? <laughs> Which is a big like technique in this book in particular. So many of these chapters start with someone saying a line yeah. that changes the situation. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. There's a big one coming up, but this this is a pretty solid one. Uh, I also thought there's a lot of times in the fight where uh, Chris and or Lindy will wrap their arms around Mr. Wood's waist, and literally every time I thought, and this is the part where they fucking pile drive this dummy and this is the part where they try to suplex this dummy i was waiting for one of them to start breaking out fucking wrestling moves this dummy this is the part where they slow dance (laughs) so uh of course of course now that there is an adult observer mr wood plays dead you are being outsmarted by a hunk of wood (laughs) 
and yeah, it's it's the whole same routine again with her with, with their parents of just like, you know, is this supposed to be a joke? I don't get it. This is not funny. Is you this know, a book about generational gaps in humor? Really, at, at it's the end the of the children day, children who are wrong. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and Chris is so desperate to communicate that the fucking dummy is alive and it punched me in the stomach. Uh, that her her dad, Mister Powell, is you know after determining that like okay, it doesn't seem like this is a prank. Is my daughter mentally unwell? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, the answer is to that question is yes. To... <laughs> Both of them for different reasons. Certainly, certainly yeah. now, yes, they definitely are. <laughs> it's like for the rest of their lives, yes. Yes, absolutely. And even when both Chris and Lindy are saying the same thing and agreeing, like, hey, we're telling the truth. This dummy is, is fucking alive. Mr. Powell just says, I still don't get the joke. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're going to bed. And, you know. Big help they are. Yep. So now Mr. Wood reveals his intent. His plan <laughs> is to make these two children his slaves. Problematic, <laughs> I would say. For what, what does he need them to do? <laughs> Unclear. <laughs> how, how will he control them? Like, this isn't going to stand up in court. Like, what do you, what do you mean? <laughs> also, he is a dummy. And, like, this book, I think, does actually a pretty good job of, like working around the fact that he is just a dummy like like mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. the entire time you are like i'm gonna make you my slaves okay well i'm gonna fucking drop kick you <laughs> into yeah. the dumpster yeah, yeah. What, you're, so, you're gonna pull one more prank to get me in trouble dad is going to burn you the end yeah we're selling yeah. you on monday piece of shit <laughs> <laughs> and after after mr wood says hey you two are gonna be my my slave he exclaims like i'm alive again alive and you know but how how are you live and he's just says hey man you read the ancient words you know the ones the wizard wrote for me (laughs) y'all know the wizard the ones that were in my pocket the classic third act wizard maneuver (laughs) and and enter greg the wizard We this is not uh, dissimilar from another uh, third act <laughs> witch we got earlier in the, in the I series. Would, I'd like to note here that in the most in one of the most recent Goosebumps uh, Slappy's Nightmare series, uh, a prologue does reveal uh, that Mister Wood was an evil wizard that got put in the dummy. <laughs> oh my god! Wow! Wow! But but all this mention of the magic wizard words uh, does put an idea in Chris's head. Ah, you say the words, he comes alive. I say the words again, he dies. So she says the words, and then in chapter twenty-one, he doesn't die because those are the life words, not the <laughs> death words. You fool! You moron! <laughs> you rube! <laughs> I made the prediction you'd have to read it backwards. Uh, I was yeah. Uh, I thought that was was gonna go with this, but. Ultimately, I guess, you know, screw me for for trying to perceive the mind of R.L. Stein. <laughs> so so while gloating that this uh, uh, th- that this tactic has no effect on him, Mr. Wood mentions the ancient sorcerer. Yeah. How ancient? Like, <laughs> you're not that old. <laughs> An antique sorcerer. OK, but ancient. <sighs> it, 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 a very ancient sorcerer who at the end of his career 
made this dummy. He was around until like the 1940s. The sorcerer's agent. The dummy is not. <laughs> There's a, it, the recent event done by the Asian sorcerer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw this out there. What what would happen if you said this these words to like I don't know my Evangelion toy like Ooh, would that come to question. life and start trying to kill me? Question. Well, decisive battle starts playing and then you got to run. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! If if I said this to my 3ds while I was playing Pokemon, <gasps> would po- would Pokemon become real? Because Pokemon real literally Pokemon me are real. at the time me at the time I was reading this would flip shit. <laughs> you, you say it while Pokemon Yellow. Is in there, and your your Game Boy oh. just follows around oh. behind you. Oh, oh no! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so after Mister Wood says, "Those aren't the words to kill me," Chris, I just I just love this thing. This made me laugh out loud. Kill him? Yes, Chris thought frantically. She tossed down the yellow paper disgustedly. We have no choice. We have to kill him, Lindy. <laughs> 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 I'll hold him. You pull his head off. Amazing. <laughs> tear his head off. I fucking before. love this scene because that was my first thought was, well, let's rip this scene with fucking thing's head off. And they just do. <laughs> yeah. Well, they try. Uh, yeah, they yeah, sure yeah. try, yeah. but man, they don't make them like they used to. That head is not coming off no matter what they, <laughs> yeah. they try to do in there. Dude, Josh, I was, oh, I was so excited when I read that line because it was like, what were you trying to do before? Were you trying to like yeah. hold him still and wait for the cops to come? Like what? It's were just, you going to put him in jail <laughs> it's just so fucking wild to have a goosebumps novel where novel where uh they, where the kids are like no we have to fucking kill this dummy we have to, we have to murder this dummy right now i would love to see that court arraignment like okay uh this dummy is alleging that these two children tried to kill him <laughs> He also claims they're his slaves. So, I don't know if that yeah. affects the case mm, law. Here. You're my slave too. Everybody's so, my slave. That's the voice for the. If you haven't heard the the audiobook version, the voice for Mr. Wood is pretty fucking good. Nice. So Mr. Wood comes out with another uh, tactic to to get them all to calm down. Calm down. <laughs> this is when he first claims yep. of four times. He first claims, <laughs> yep. "quote I have powers." <laughs> I love it. Will Mr. Wood ever describe the powers? No. no. Will he demonstrate the powers? No. Nope. Hell no, but he's got them. <laughs> That's he's amazing. got powers in the same way that Lindy has $25. I love that he <laughs> sucks. I love that he completely sucks. Like <laughs> It's so funny that his empty threat is I have powers. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if you kill me, I'll be fucking mad. <laughs> you don't want to know what I'll do <laughs> when that happens. But his very present threat is the ability to bite Chris on the hand and scurry away as they grab scissors <laughs> to saw his head off. Uh, while screaming, violence, violence. <laughs> violence! Oh, man. I'm just imagining him, like, back crawling, like, a fucking uh, exorcist style, like, across as he hisses. And, the, and, yet, <laughs> and yet again, I'm hearing the Chucky, like, the Brad Dorf just... <laughs> <laughs> I see I when I read this I imagined it as like a very like 
wry joke. Ah, ah violence, violence. Uh-huh. But in the the uh, audio book, the lady's just hissing, violence. <laughs> <laughs> it's so he's, fuck- Like he's just that- cheering for the concept of violence. <laughs> I have to go to it's my so job. Good. Violence. <laughs> <laughs> violence, violence. And so yeah, they're get, they're going to go grab those scissors. Everyone's been bit, I think. By the <laughs> so they're yeah, uh, clock's ticking. They're going to turn into uh, uh, dummies at, at a certain. Point. Oh yep, wear puppets. Who could tell? Uh, so <laughs> uh, his plans do come a, a bit clearer now. He's going to control them through threats of violence. Violence. Uh, he, he's going to harm all of their loved ones, and even Barky is not safe from mm-hmm. from this. Uh, uh, blackmail of pain yo this is fucked this is this part is pretty fucked yeah the whole world is a hostage to the the mastermind of (laughs) he has powers powers. we have to we have to not put his head in a garbage disposal and turn it on because he has powers don't you dare write idiot on my face in sharpie because i have powers (laughs) <laughs> so they can't saw his head off with scissors because scissors aren't a saw so they put him in a suitcase and put the suitcase in the closet end of the chapter <laughs> now what chapter 22 we'll bury him it's the best it's the best it's the book is now how do we kill this dummy it's amazing it's so good like in this moment like the chapter was the build-up but just opening chapter three with we bury him. Chris is is like full on final girl energy, right? Like she is yeah. here to win. <laughs> She's using all of the the uh, negative energy that she has towards Lindy to a constructive end mm-hmm, to, mm-hmm. to yeah. kill Mr. Wood. So it's time for these two crazy kids to bond. And the way you bond with your sister is you dig a shallow grave at 3 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they go over to the the house next door that is under construction to bury him because there's a big mound of dirt that's been moved as, it, uh, in the construction it's process it's a setup payoff mm-hmm. it's a setup payoff there you go and uh chris grabs a shovel she grabs specifically a snow shovel and says this will do and no it won't it's for snow you know how i know it's for snow because the name is snow shovel no <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, you know, I just watched Reanimator last night, and it could maybe decapitate him. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mr. Wood continues to insist, quote, I have powers. Uh, <laughs> name them. The more you say it, the more vague and limp a threat it is. Just list any power. Any power you have. Just list one. <laughs> That's not being a living dummy. That's not a power. <laughs> 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 How fucked up would it be if uh, just like out of nowhere you like come hey ha hey, ha? <laughs> I would love I I please God please Arl Stein in a future Nine Living Day book let Slappy shoot lasers please. <laughs> <laughs> so so they put. Uh, so, so Mr. Wood's still in the suitcase. They put the suitcase in a big deep hole, despite the damp and the dark, and they get watched by a raccoon for a while. Is, does the raccoon matter? No. No. Uh, <laughs> no animal matters. The squirrel the raccoon don't matter. <laughs> so, so they clean themselves up uh, uh, just enough to like get away with it in the morning, and Lindy just passes out. She's out like a light. But Chris is wired and ready to kill again. Yes. <laughs> yes. She is elated that she has done this. She feels great. I would feel 
fucking great about this. <laughs> they're awoken bright and early by the sound of not one, but two steamrollers, seems excessive if you ask me, mm. uh, working on, on the, the landscaping in the new house next door. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so Chris wakes up first, and she goes downstairs, uh, and, you know, very happy, got a pep in her step because she just killed an evil puppet. Uh, and, you know, morning, Mom. And Mrs. Powell turns around, angry angry expression on her face, saying, I told you not to bring the puppets down here because there's Mr. Wood covered in dirt <laughs> just on the table in the kitchen. At least he's not and, covered in the chicken. Yeah. And he winks at her. An evil <laughs> wink. That cheeky fuck. <laughs> Chapter 23, uh, everyone else comes down to breakfast. Uh, Lindy takes a while to figure out <laughs> what's going on. Yeah. And Mr. Powell, hey, Mr. Powell, if you hate this dummy so much, why don't we go to the pawn shop today? He's already got other errands for the day. He's going to the garden store. Just go to the pawn shop. How far away is this pawn shop? Where'd you get this? <laughs> what are the hours of this pawn shop? Is the pawn shop owned by a wizard? Is the pawn shop, <laughs> does it contain only items he's put other people in? <laughs> so, uh, Chris, here's a great line. Chris kept her eyes trained on the dummy. What does he plan to do? She wondered. <laughs> How can I stop him? <laughs> she has been hardened in the flames of adversity. It's like the, the crucible of, of Mr. Wood has burned away the child. And now, now she is a, a keen avenger. <laughs> so as her parents are, are leaving, she tries one more time to say, hey, like the dummy's alive. And then she, she stops herself and just says, never mind. It lets her parents go. Because at this point, it's proven her parents will not help her. Just don't care. It's, so they leave, is... and Mr. Wood starts to strangle the dog. <laughs> yes! Yes! God, this is I was up. shocked by this. This is fucked up. This is what we were talking about earlier. I thought it, it would happen a little earlier. But yeah, no, this is the fucking Mr. Wood. In the audiobook, it is oh it's even worse I, I don't even know how she managed to do that uh but jesus christ this is rough like if i had read this as a child depending on what age i was i would have possibly been extremely upset by this next page or so <laughs> because the this puppet is choking the life out of this fucking little dog <laughs> while shouting you will do as i say or one by one those you love will suffer yeah yeah it's fucked up. so the kids pounce and try to to pull him apart and chris just like pulls apart his grip because he's a tiny baby puppet with with baby yep. puppet arms <laughs> but he has powers there's yet another full like fight scene that at one point the, the puppet is is held in a full nelson <laughs> yes <laughs> whereupon he warns you he has powers <laughs> <laughs> it's true <laughs> and so they run they run outside to the steamrollers but barky ran there first because he's a dog and Just... he likes to run around outside. <laughs> he thinks they're playing with the puppet that tried to kill him. Barky has not mattered for so long. And now suddenly he is like the character in the book. <laughs> like, his yeah. health is suddenly very important. And we end on a cliffhanger where Barky's about to get run over by a steamroller. <laughs> oh, <fuck>. oh, God. <laughs> now, before we move on to the final chapter, I have to ask... Chapter 24 includes the actual line, quote, the dog must die now. Is that why we were invited? Is that, is this 
I was wondering that too. It actually wasn't, it is. but that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Uh, believe, let's just call it serendipity. That. I can't believe we fucking we invited you for the one where the dog. <laughs> <laughs> in black and white the exact quote dog the dog must die call that a win <sighs> so yes chapter 25 final chapter the girls drop mr wood in order to dive after barky and catch him who is again just playing in the grass like hell yeah i am a dog i love to play outside this is great <laughs> we i am smart enough to avoid the big noisy machine <laughs> Meanwhile, they have to roll out of the path of the fucking steamroller <laughs> that is still moving. The, this all happened very quickly because the, the operator is just like, oh, my God, what the fuck? And so Mr. Wood, now free, runs away. But he never knew there was a second steamroller <laughs> because they got to flatten this backyard in double time, I guess. <laughs> There's enough room for two steamrollers to maneuver around this yard? This is a giant place. This property big, is I guess. immense. A lot of acreage, I guess. Yeah. And so Mr. Wood is crushed, releasing a green mushroom-shaped cloud that smells of rotten eggs and not the other smells of his vomit. <laughs> it's actually much nicer if you think about it logically. <laughs> and when this happens, everyone stops to look at this this green cloud uh, dispersing into the air even barky mm-hmm. <laughs> even he stops to follow the trail of the eerie green cloud and the second steamroll operator climbs down certain he did a child murder that's <laughs> fucked. Yes. that's so fucked. my favorite quote from the audiobook is uh, uh oh man i should really look up who the uh actress uh, voice actress for the she audiobook did a, was she but- did another one she's done another audiobook for that we've listened to, but I don't remember which one. Oh man, oh man, I thought it was a kid. His face <laughs> faded from red to flower white. <laughs> That's so He's fucked like, up. A kid, he cried. Uh, oh yeah, and the reason why I was bringing that up is because the um, person doing the the audiobook made this guy extremely like a kid. I ran over a kid. <laughs> <laughs> it's very New York. It's, it's I love it. I gotta be a diehard now or something. I don't know. Oh, Gabagool. <laughs> <laughs> so they spend. Practically an entire page telling him that that thing he saw running around is not a child. It is just a wooden dummy. Don't sweat it. The other driver that nearly killed two actual children, unmentioned. It does not even get <laughs> yeah. out of the yeah. cab. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's probably he's probably like on the clock. He's still going while the, this other worker is terrified that he may have just flattened a, chi- a child to death. <laughs> You're but- sure it was a kid. One of them... One of them wooden kids, not not like a blood kid, but not a, not a meat kid, but like a wood kid, <laughs> a green gas kid. Every single character in this book has to go to therapy after this. <laughs> yep, even Barky, even Barky, and Cody. I think Cody definitely needs therapy. <laughs> yeah. So, like, that's the <laughs> really the last event is talking this man down from a lifetime of grief. <laughs> yeah. uh, so the twins go home. They, they wash all the mud they were rolling around in off, mm-hmm. and they're like, whew, let's never worry about that again. And then Slappy talks to them, ah, sequel tease, wah, wah. That's it. That's the end. <laughs> and, it, and, it, and at this moment, I was like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I have so 
I have questions. I have questions about how... Did the spell card in Mr. Wood bring Slappy to life? I Uh, think maybe the second time she read it. Oh, maybe. That's when Uh, Slappy woke up. Maybe. And Slappy Uh, was just, like, playing it cool, biding his time. uh, The thing for me is that Slappy says... Hey, slave, is that other guy gone? The dummy asked in a throaty growl. I thought he'd never leave. So that makes me think that he was like lying in wait the entire book. I also wonder that. The fact that he also uses the word slave, okay, made me think is like Mr. Wood in Slappy now because of the slave Oh, did did the gas like float into... No, I I think... Hmm. I have so many questions and I fear they will not be answered. <laughs> I'm pretty sure canonically they they are two different characters. Which I think means, that's true. Yes. Which means that the dummies wanting to enslave humans is it's like just a what they universal do. thing. <laughs> that's just mm-hmm. what they do. Yeah. It's it's like how, you know, uh, uh, when, when you check out like Star Wars Extended Universe stuff, every s- member of a species is just like the one that was in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Every doll that comes to life wants to enslave 12 year old girls. Yeah. <laughs> it's the, they're they're playing the hits when the only hit they have is you you're gonna be my slave it's like not creepy enough that the doll could like you know get a knife and kill you while you're <laughs> no, sleeping no well that's the thing right because you can't have it be a murder doll in the children's book so what's the threat the doll can pose in slave <laughs> and and a uh, dog murder Attempted dog yeah, murder. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, that would have been a really fucked up book. Like, do like the dummy demanding shit, and if you yeah. don't acquiesce to the demands, the dog just, like, the, the dummy, the dog, the dummy just, like, does fucked up shit to everybody in your house. Yeah, and, like, yeah. Gets, and, like, blames everything on you. Mario, though, I will say that um, actual, honest-to-God death has been a threat. In, in Goosebumps books before. So. You're right. In Monster Blood, they that's true. They do threaten them with death in that. And in Welcome to the Dead House. And in um uh uh the the oh why do I keep forgetting the mummy one? Curse of the Mummy. Oh, you're right. That's right. Curse of the Mummy's too. Yeah. They're gonna fucking murder them. Yeah. <sighs> Not huh. only murder, but like uh, like stab uh, yeah. murder to death. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like rough, huh. rough, rough, rough shit. Yeah, I wonder why they went with that. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Dear, dear Earl Stein, why does Slappy the Dummy and all dummies have a slavery thing? <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> I think some, something that just kept jumping out at me that I found interesting and we didn't talk about is the reliance on joke books. If you yeah. want to be funny, you need joke books yeah. and you need really good joke books. Have you? Yeah. Especially like, since Jovial Bob Stein wrote a lot of joke books. Oh, yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And and this wouldn't be the first time that Jovial Bob's history would uh, uh, factor into some of his books, like in Monster Blood, how it references Indiana Jones and how uh, R.L. Stein actually wrote a couple game books uh, in the Indiana Jones universe. Huh. Oh, let's be very clear. I think this book is dripping with R.L. Stein history. I think that R.L. Stein definitely is a big fan of ventriloquism uh, from when he was a kid. <laughs> One. 
That's point one. I think the joke books are fully an R. An R. L. Stein thing, either because he wrote them or because they were a thing when he was a kid. Mm-hmm, like that, mm-hmm. you would have joke books. Like I, I think this is like a glimpse into the childhood of R. L. Stein more so than we've ever seen before. Like, yeah, the the humor that is universal that that crosses the generation gap is very Buddy Hackett. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But but the whole idea of like this uh, uh, comic figure of you know the the, co- the the comedy act ventriloquist dummy being a source of horror and fusing those two genres is is really rooted in like the the EC Comics vault of horror style uh, of stuff, which are the books that. Uh, jovial Bob loved as a jovial child. Well, I mean, yeah, it was like literally one of the first horror movies ever was a dummy movie. Um, and then the first anthology horror film, Dead of Night, is a dummy movie. Um, dummies, I mean, there's a long history of, of dummy horror that would definitely have been like well known to Jovial Bob growing up like definitely Uh, oh man i'm just gonna read this whole thing um i'm on the trivia section of the goosebumps wiki and i'm just gonna read the three uh paragraphs that i I, that i'm like in shot my mouth is agape okay according to rl stein's autobiography he got the idea for the first three night of the living dummy books from reading The Adventures of Pinocchio when he was young. Mm -hmm. Ah, okay. Okay. Second, according to the Goosebumps official collector's cap book, another inspiration for the Living Dummy books came from when Stein was a child and would use his ventriloquist Mm -hmm. dummy to scare his brother. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Is the chicken thing autobiographical? Oh, it's autobiographical. It's serious. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Tell me about Brother Stein's jewelry collection. I must know. I I absolutely need to know. Third, uh, and Mario, we could have guessed this. We totally could have guessed this. Yet another inspiration likely comes from the 1962 episode of The Twilight Twilight Zone. Zone. Entitled The Dummy, in which a ventriloquist dummy... Uh, uh, says that he believes that he's not only alive, but evil. However, nobody believes him due to his alcoholism. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's we we not... left that part about, uh, uh Lindy out. Uh, yeah. A little heavy. <laughs> I, w- I wasn't in the, in joking about the mom being, uh, a, a wine mom. Uh, maybe I wasn't so far off. Maybe. Anyway, the fact that jovial Bob had a fucking ventriloquist dummy and he's scary. Yep. That is some of the fucking, mm-hmm. Oh my God. Add that to the lore. Add that to the jovial Bob lore. <laughs> like Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. That's amazing. So- something else I learned in that interview. I listened today. It's uh, his appearance on bullseye with Jesse Thorne. If you want to look it up, uh, just came out very, very recently. Yeah. He was just on that. Yeah. Recording. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, that I don't think there will be a good segue for, but it's a fact that I need on the record. Do you know his first job out of college? No, I do not. He, or or his first job when he moved to New York, maybe, which might've been right out of college. I forget. But one of his earliest jobs was working on uh, a series of celebrity magazines. And the way this job worked was he would go in the morning and the lady who owned slash edited this suite of six or eight magazines out of her house 
would say, okay, make up an interview with so-and-so. And he would completely fabricate what? three what? celebrity what? interviews a day to spread between these different titles. Oh, my And all good. of the other writers with the same job would do the same. Man, what the past the was fuck? wild, huh? Like, <laughs> you could just <laughs> literally make up shit. It's <laughs> yes, holy crap. Yes. Wow. He, like, he, he mentioned Diana Ross was one of the people he just completely what fabricated an interview with. Wow. Wow. Wowie. That's messed up. Jovial Bob, I, that's that doesn't make me feel so jovial. That's that's pretty fucked up. That's messed up. He also had fun stories about working for Beverage Digest magazine as an assistant editor. Jesus, he had has had the weirdest career. Like, yeah, it's oh man, I need to listen to this interview. I'm familiar with like his, you know, like a middle life era and beyond, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. like his early life stuff, I yeah, I had no idea. Wow, that's that's crazy. Oh man. Alrighty, uh, Mario. Yeah, I think it's time for your patented review. And now then we this can also... one I have trademarked. Yeah, absolutely yeah. trademark. I um, yeah, uh, submitted it to uh, patent the, offices, the government. Yeah, yep. To um, Patton the, Oswalt, he the, takes care of that. Yeah, I yep, sent it yep. to Joe Biden, and um, I think he's going to get right on that. Probably between his rounds of guilty gear, I think he's going to get mm. right on that. Um, yeah, he, he called it a big fucking deal. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, he said it was a big fucking deal. He he wrote back to me. Um, so uh, so the patented re- review. Okay, you may remember this or you don't. I barely do. There's three components. One <laughs> is the scariness. Now I would say that the majority of this book is not scary in any way whatsoever. However, the last third of it goes pretty hard actually yeah yeah a little bit like like really hard like way scarier and more wild than like most books in this series at this point i'm gonna give it a an eight Mm. i mean it's it's like i gotta i'm gonna duck two because mr wood is saying i have powers is nothing but (laughs) the dog strangling is a lot the barfing is a lot i think you know okay um relatability aka um the kids zone (laughs) um i do not have a twin (laughs) and nor are they a psychopath (laughs) i don't think this is a very relatable book (laughs) if i'm gonna be honest i don't think kids like ventriloquist dummies uh at all (laughs) like um so i'm gonna say this is a i'm gonna give it a four for relatability agree yeah for for kids but for the rl steinness of it i don't think it's like a super well it does have a lot of cliffhangers and many of them are pointless and shitty um so actually i think this is like a fucking 10 out of 10 for rl steinness this is like maximum stein this is the the beautiful mind of rl stein laid out on the page for you to read i think as as close to like getting into the philosophy of rl stein as you may ever get all right uh josh and grant what did you think of night of the living dummy i really enjoyed it actually (laughs) at first because like yeah the first two thirds of that book like it's not, not until the last third it really pops off. But once that did happen, mm-hmm. I was like, I really like this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, once you and, read oh, was, the, the fucking sorcerer's words. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just, I was genuinely shocked at 
how hard it went for a children's horror book. Yes. I was just like, wow, if I had read this when I were like, I don't know, seven or eight, I probably would have been fucking scared yep. of this. I yeah. would have been afraid that my dog was going to get choked out by a small puppet. <laughs> 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 But you no. can't trust Gonzo. You never know what that guy's thinking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> especially if you've got a pet chicken. Lord. Uh, well, then you know what he's thinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey. Jesus Christ. Hey. 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 Keep fucking that chicken. Don't, uh, don't keep fucking that chicken. I was, oh, man. God damn it. Mario. Woo. Ah, you fucking, you, stole, you swiped it right out from under me. <laughs> uh, but no, I thought, it, I thought it was a really fun read. Uh, and it's... I would probably check out a couple more of these just for, for the, the curiosity of it. Yeah, absolutely. I don't remember in my childhood days being that into the dummy books, mm -hmm. but like looking at them now and keeping an eye out for things like when the perspective shifts and how, when, how we talk about the puppets talking and uh, uh, the, the way that deniability is maintained. Like it's, it's obvious that it is Lindy when it's Lindy because it it's never controverted clearly. But if mm -hmm. you are reading it as a kid, I could imagine being fooled, like because you're yeah. sitting in Chris's mind uh, for so much of that. And like it's it's good. It is effectively written, and there is good technique yeah. in here. Agreed. Yeah, I agree. I think this is just a good Goosebumps book. Like, like, yeah, I think some of the most relatable kid stuff about it is stuff like trying to use a scissors as a saw and trying to use a <laughs> snow shovel as a dirt shovel. Just like, yeah, kids, uh, close enough. Uh. Kids don't know how to dismember a body. That's very, that's very yeah, true. Absolutely. <laughs> kids burying something that's trying to kill them in loose dirt. <laughs> it Like, if this is like the new baseline of Goosebumps books, which I'd like to believe that it is, then I think it's the series is 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 getting significantly better than it has you know like i think the first several books were kind of uneven i think the last two have been like yep okay got it yes i understand now what the whole thing is mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah honestly it's from welcome to dead house to stay out of the basement the series kind of uh, that's kind of it trying to find its footing monster blood is it falling off of a fucking cliff yep say cheese and die getting back up there curse of the mummy's tomb oh my god with these fucking cliffs rl stein shit farted that one out just, like, <laughs> just <laughs> ridiculous terrible shit and then now from let's get invisible which uh, guys let's get invisible is like probably one of the i i wasn't expecting shit and that book was actually really fucking nice it was good it was weirdly <laughs> great consistently gripping unlike um, this one where it only gets like pops off at the very end but it pops off in a major way so i'm excited to see it like yeah uh, this is this is i'm hoping that we're hitting like a, a, a i hope jovial bob's hitting like a groove here and uh we'll, we'll continue seeing um some good shit so speaking uh, of what's next speaking of what's next yes uh the next book in the series is the girl who cried monster that it is i am fucking hyped for i remember only the twist of this and the twist is so fucking good Ooh, ooh! oh you actually oh, remember that's, that's a classic cover too it, it is a classic so cover. Good. oh yeah um well, who wants to describe it 
I'll do it. I'll take the case. <laughs> it's a it's a purple. It's purple. This cover is purple. <laughs> this Hell is. Yeah. Uh, this is like big spooky kids book cover, right? This is like you have the creepy uh, adult man who is uh, uneasily uh, for the viewer eyeing some bugs that he is holding very close to his mouth. Let us say, while a child looks on aghast at this man. And I love this. I love this cover so much. Uh, this is like, this for me is like the Goosebumps cover. You know what I mean? Like, mm, mm. like the one, it is very purple. That's great. Two, it has like this eerie green highlight to it. Looks great. Mm. Uh, three, weird adult. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, weird adult holding a bowl of turtles. Uh, and bugs. Um, and the tagline is she's got the monster of all problems. I'm fucking stoked to read this book. Shall we hazard a guess as to what this book I is? I already about? know it, so I'll resign, I'll recuse myself from this. Grant, what do you think? Uh, okay. All right. W- one of the great childhood fears is not being trusted, not being believed. Yes. Uh, uh, right. And that's kind of what this book revolves around. And the title would suggest me to believe that uh, the girl who cried monster is about a girl who thinks one of so, like her school accountant <laughs> from the look yeah. of this man. <laughs> yeah, what, the, what, what does that happen? <laughs> <laughs> is is uh, is some sort of like alien creature or lizard man, and uh, uh, is trying to like put together evidence, and no one believes her, and it turns out she's wrong because she is the monster all along. She's the <gasps> monster in the world of normal people. Uh, whoa, Twilight Zone, gotcha again. What? That's what I think the next book is about. <laughs> Crazy. I'm I'm mostly in agreement there. I I don't know about the twist, but I do believe yeah, she thinks someone in the faculty is some type of weird monster doing weird shit and she cannot convince anybody. Uh cannot guess what the twist is, but that premise, yeah, at the spot on. I wonder if the twist is they're all in one in like you know, everyone's uh, kind of along the same same lines as Grant, but like they're in the core of the fucking planet or something and it's just like <laughs> Now there, so I will tell you there is a twist like that in one of the Goosebumps books. I know exactly which one. You know the one. You almost. I know the one. the one. Oh man, oh, it's, I'm so excited. I'm so excited for that one and the one that absolutely fucked me up uh, as a as a kid. I legitimately was like terrified of this happening. Uh, instilled a lifelong horror of time travel. Fucking cuckoo clock of doom, baby. Um, I, the, I very, very, very vividly remember the ending of the, of this book, uh, on the TV show. Um, oh, I'm so uh, excited. I'm vividly so excited. remember I'm so excited. it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the only one that I think I really remember other than some of the horror scenes in one or the other say cheese and die, uh, is the one that's famous for having no horror elements at all. Hmm. If you recall that one, uh, it's the one where uh, they they just learn to fly. Oh yeah, 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 oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I just liked it. It was nice. <laughs> yeah, it's like I think that's called How I Learned to Fly. Yeah, number fifty-two, How I Learned to Fly. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then the next one, Chicken Chicken. I remember Chicken Chicken. That cover is excellent. <laughs> At a certain point, I just stopped reading. Uh, I think it was after. I think it was egg monsters from mars which which sucks because i didn't get to see say cheese and die again (laughs) oh well now you get the chance (laughs) exactly exactly well normally we would talk about um 
the movie, uh, the TV episode, but unfortunately there is none as we talked about before. So before we go, I just wanted to say thank you very much for listening to us uh, for a year now. I believe we started. Oh my goodness! A year oh, ago. Wow. Congrats! Thank you very much. Uh, we're trying to get uh, more of these out more consistently, but uh, you know, uh, thank you very much. If you want to support us, it is uh, uh, patreon.com slash you can't scare me. Visit our website, you can't scare dot me and uh, ycsmpod.com on Twitter. We are ycsmpod. And uh, th- yeah, um, thank you very much. Josh and Grant for joining us yeah. on this very special episode. It was a pleasure and a privilege. Uh, thanks for having us. us. If you want to check out us doing a similar sort of media watch through, read it along with you, check out Bizarre Podcast Dogs Must Die. Yes, uh, do. We are relaunching with our new series uh, about to cover uh, uh, part six, Stone Ocean, on November twenty eighth. Right? Hell yeah! Mm-hmm. Hell yeah! Yep. The, the final Monday in November, we are back. So that's very very soon. Uh, if you start uh, listening at the beginning, you'll almost catch up by then. And on the way, you'll have your good buddy Mario talking to you about uh, uh, part four, Diamond is Unbreakable. I do show up once. That. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> uh, you can also check out. Uh, uh, the Chip and Ironicus Let's Play channel. We've been doing that for about 14 years. Uh-huh. Metal Gear Solid 5 is one people swear by. Uh, I like that one a lot too, along with Uncharted mm-hmm. 4, uh, some of the other more recent stuff that I really, really love. Uh, uh, the Final Fantasy 7 Remake series is pretty yeah. darn great too. Uh, we have... Do we want to announce a thing? Sure, yeah. Oh. Oh, oh god. Uh, it's oh. exclusive. It's exclusive. World exclusive. There is a world exclusive announcement. Uh uh we we won't I promise to refrain from posting this anywhere until after uh, uh, until at least a day after this goes live oh, because shit. I want you to have this hot exclusive. Oh. Gextra <laughs> Life is returning. Oh, oh, oh. baby. Saturday, <laughs> Saturday, November 12th, the four of us, Josh, me, uh, uh, Voidberger, and my lovely, brave, non-gamer wife, Elena, are going to do a 12-hour Extra Life stream Hell yeah. on Saturday, the 12th of November. So mm-hmm. look for more information coming soon with like the exact time uh, uh, for various time zones, the lineup of games. We have a theme. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to describe the theme. I'm going to hint at it with the t- with, with, by describing it as deconstructed Gex. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll let you think of what that could possibly mean. Hell yeah. Oh, f- fuck That's yeah. That's dope. Awesome. Oh man, shit, I gotta catch that. Yes. Absolutely. And then uh, we, we uh, uh, I need to talk to you guys about starting a uh, My Hero Academia podcast. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> the anime that's taken over my life. Anyway, uh, yeah, so uh, I think I can sum it up. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and uh, we're gonna call it, but I wanna end on the new catchphrase for all of Goosebumps. Oh. All right, everyone say it with me. Ready? Three, two, mm-hmm. one. I have, have powers. I have powers. I have powers. I have powers. <laughs> I have powers. 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 Okay. I have powers? <laughs> <laughs>